History of Wonder Boy and Young Master Man. Rigagoo, rigagoo, Are you recording? <laughs> I've been recording this whole time while you get on my level. I'm recording now, bitch. Jesus Christ of Holy life. shit. God. All right, I got my notes up. I got my. Oh shit, that's bright. Oh fuck. Wow. Wow. If you would like to see the astronomical glare off of Chris's dome. See, that fucked up my, my camera, so now I need to switch cameras. <laughs> Just join patreon.com slash divas podcast. Hey, that's my for gimmick. the video version of this podcast. That's my gimmick. That's my gimmick. Seriously, okay. you blinded your camera. Now you've had to switch to another camera because of your look. My lens flare. Here's the thing. <laughs> It's not a bad thing, though, because, like, your skin is so flawless right now <laughs> that your whole forehead dome region is like the beacons of Gondor. You look amazing. Wow. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. I, You know, here's the thing. We haven't recorded in a hot minute. We missed, We had to skip two episodes because of life, the universe, and everything was happening all at once. And uh, But here we are. We're back. And, you know, we've recorded well over 100 episodes at this point with between our two podcasts combined. Right, right. right. I don't remember how to do this. <laughs> Somehow, just like a few really good nights sleep uh, erased all of my podcasting skills. So we're starting over from scratch. And we're building back up. That's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah, sure. That's the hope. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> Better than we'll ever. Mm-hmm. We're not aging at all <laughs> and slowly losing our mental faculties. <laughs> slowly <laughs> yeah so it's it, it gets a little more accelerated every day <laughs> yeah yay aging yeah do you know christopher if there is a vocabulary equivalent to arboreal but instead of for trees it's for grass uh would, would we just call it botanical B- botanical bukkake <laughs> <clears throat> because right now, <clears throat> in the great state of Texas, it's grass season. Grass allergies are at a ridiculous high. So that's what all this is. It's grass bukkake. You know, I completely forgot that there was such a thing. Um, you know, if you live in a region where there is no rain and all the grass is fake, you don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, the grass here is wild and excited to see each other. And uh, we must all suffer for it. So. Nice, nice. Great. Okay, well, you do. Okay. You you live in one of the most hyperallergenic places in the world. So hyper, not Hi- hypo. Hyper. That's what I think about <laughs> your correcting. <laughs> no, I'm not correcting you. I'm agreeing with you. I'm emphasizing you. Oh, you're emphasizing me. You're just like not that. accustomed to me actually being supportive, so you didn't recognize it. <laughs> Ain't that the it truth? Was. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that hey, the speaking shit. of uh, friendship. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I made some new friends. What? Yeah. So uh, in the new apartment complex I moved to, 
Mm-hmm. There are these really cute little shops that are like one's a pizza place, one's a coffee shop. Like the is coffee it pizza papa. Coffee shop is really really good. It's Japanese style mm-hmm. coffee. Don't ask mm-hmm. me what the difference is between Japanese style and non-Japanese style, but that's what they call themselves. And I'm here for it. And they they do they do the trick. I I like any gay man get iced coffee. You know. Okay. So I walk in, and there are these two gorgeous women. Mm-hmm. One is dressed up like Rainbow Bright. Nice. Except that she's wearing the highest of heels I've ever seen. And the other one is dressed up like strawberry shortcake. Magnificent. And it was great. And at first I thought, because there's a convention center nearby, oh, is there like an anime convention or something like that? Or am I hallucinating right now? Or am I hallucinating right now? And I asked to take a picture of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, hey, can I take a picture of you? My friends would flip if they saw you in these costumes. And they said, oh, these aren't costumes. These are uniforms. We're working. (gasps) And we can't at the coffee shop. Well, hold on. Oh no, they were clearly customers because they were in line for the coffee. And I said, "Oh, okay. Well, what do y'all what do y'all do?" And they said, "Oh, th- th- these outfits are for our OnlyFans." <gasps> and I'm like, "Really? Do you live in this apartment complex?" And they're like, "Oh yeah." So I am now friends with them, and I love them. Yay! And I totally told them I'm going to talk about you on on my Marvel podcast because they both love Marvel. They don't care for Star Wars. <laughs> so here okay. we are. That's okay. We're equal opportunity love. No, that's fantastic. Is there? Are they like fully retro cartoon character themed uh, on their OnlyFans, or was that just like a one off? Do we? That, know? It was just a one off. They had a special request from one of their. I don't know what you call them because in Patreon you call them patrons. OnlyFans fans. I guess a fan. I guess subscriber. A OnlyFans customer? subscriber. Yeah, sugar daddy. No, they had a specific uh, specific request, and they're like, okay, nice, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And that's, um, you know, if they could just get another one to step in as She-Ra, <gasps> we're fulfilling a lot of my confused early sexual fantasies. <laughs> just to really put the nail in the coffin of Disney ever, ever wanting to work with us. Yeah, it didn't there help. We, we just uh, talked about a bunch of universal properties. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Comcast, hire us. <laughs> Any way. Um, so do we want to, do we want to intro a show? Do you want to, what do you want to do? Yeah, that, let's okay. do it. I'm ready. Let's intro a show. Okay. <clears throat> hey everybody, welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where whoa, a woman whoa, and whoa, a gay Whoa, 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 Oh my God. Okay, we didn't get the letter, you didn't get the letter clearly. We can't call it that anymore. I'm sorry, what? Uh, it's Marvelous Divas by Titania now. <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh, my God. We need to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Take two. Please tell her that I love her. I fucking <laughs> whatever, love her so much. She's whatever, my favorite. Whatever we need to do. <laughs> she, she's like my favorite social media follow and like top five Marvel character. Yeah. No, yeah. She's, I need I need a Titania Madison uh, with two ends and a Y but not where you think show. Yeah. Badly. 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 It's going to be fucking great. Okay. Um, so you're right. <clears throat> One more time. Take two. I'm so sorry, Titania. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marvelous Divas by Titania, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. And I, you know, I don't know why we thought I was going to have a clever intro here. God damn, you had two weeks. Look. I've slept. 
<laughs> That's all I, I got. I had, I had vaccinations. I had shots. I had very high fevers. I lost brain cells for sure. So, and they took my clever intro with them, and that's my excuse. Mm, okay. All right. Yeah. Suck hey, everybody. Uh, hey, everybody. I am Chris. I am that gay man and egosexual. <laughs> oh, fuck yes. Oh, my God. And yes, Strax, I got a penis, and it's not half bad. God bless Kurt Russell. Fucking Kurt Russell. Oh, I love him so much. It's not fair. It's not fair. Everything about no, he's he's he deserves all the good things. Absolutely, absolutely. I adore him. Okay. So, uh, we do have a movie that we're here to talk about today, but uh, we have a couple of things we should probably talk about first. All right. Um, I've got a thing. We've got like a Patreon thing. Do you have anything else? We got, we have a lot of really amazing new listeners who left us reviews. Hi. Okay. So real quick then, I'll I'll do my thing and we'll get into it. So um, last couple of episodes, I honestly can't remember which one, uh, we were talking about the 12% of a plan line oh wow and how and like we were like blowing our own minds <laughs> about about 12 percent, 12 percent. oh my god because tony stark mentioned 12 percent back during you know in avengers talking about the construction of stark tower 12 percent. is there a 12 percent conspiracy in the mcu um thank you everyone and it's been many of you who pointed out to us <laughs> that the reason the number 12 is used is because um, it's something that scriptwriters use because it is the largest number that you can say with one syllable. Oh. So they love to use, if they're going to use a number and it doesn't matter what the fucking number is, they're going to use 12 because it it rolls with the line. And it's the biggest number you can say. And, and it's just the one syllable. So uh, it is a conspiracy. It is a grand conspiracy, but it is not limited to the MCU. It is all scripts everywhere. I love that. That's so amazing. There you go. That's, That's really cool. That's the 12 thing. Thank you, everyone who let us know. You can stop telling us now. <laughs> You're not going to because that's how podcast stuff works. I still get feedback from like episode four of Dark Side Divas sometimes. So, I mean, this just, you know, the podcasts exist in perpetuity and that's awesome. So, you know, if I, if I hear again about the 12 thing, I'm not going to be mad. There we it go. Means you're listening. And, and that part's true. It's like uh, whenever we get a new listener for whatever podcast, I'm like, oh my god, that thing you said back in this way, and and I was like, and I'm thinking, it's huh? two, it's two years ago. I'm pretty sure I've replaced every cell in my body since then. I am not that same person. <laughs> I've gained and lost like thirty pounds by then. I've gained so. and lost whole villages off my hips since. Then. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't remember shit. No. Nah. But yeah, anyway. no, I, we, we definitely appreciate the feedback. Y'all, yeah, so definitely. No, it's, here's the thing. We are just two dumb bitches with microphones. Yep. So anytime that we can crowdsource intelligence uh, out of the magnificent people who listen to this show, absolutely, we are going to do that. So thank you. Thank you to our patrons who told us. Thank you to everybody who DM'd me uh, on TikTok and on, <laughs> on Twitter and everything like that. Please, please always tell us stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Trust. Amen. Yes. Preach. Anyway, uh, Chris, what do you got? You All right. We the, got reviews. We got reviews. Do we know? Do we, when do we want to do the talk about the Patreon thing? Oh, we want to do it right now. Let's do it right now. Let's do it. We're going. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Uh, yeah. So uh, 
we have gained a lot of Patreons or patrons. Patrons. It's f- fucking Patreon patrons. is the website. Patrons are the people who su- who subscribe. Thanks, sweetie. Okay. I know. That's it. You're doing the rest of this bit on your own. Oh, okay. Um, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in top form tonight. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're. We want to do something special to celebrate the fact that we've had so many people actually support us, and we think that's really cool. Also, uh, very flattering and scary, because I'm still aghast that people are listening to us, and that's weird. But nonetheless, we have a lot of new, new pa- patrons on our Patreon, and we want to do something pretty special. So on October 11th, in the evening, afternoon, depending on your time zone... Steph and I are going to do a live version of our show. It's going to be a watch-along show, though. And we're going to do Howard the fucking duck. As in the... <laughs> I can't wait. And if you, if, if you were a patron, you would have seen the lightning crashing behind Stephanie as she was cackling. Because that's what that was. Oh my god, you're gonna hate every second of it. I can't wait. Seriously, Howard the Duck is the Star Wars Christmas special of the MCU. I swear yeah. to God. Yeah. It's gonna be amazing. And so uh so our our suffering equals comedy, so it'll be a good time. And so our patrons have have that to look forward to. If you're not a patron yet, if you just you know join even the day of, you can participate in it's gonna participate in it, it's gonna be a great time. It's gonna be so much fucking fun. Uh, are we I actually going to do wait. research for Howard on Howard the Duck? I will probably do some because of who I am as a person. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's not, it, like, it ain't that deep, you know? No. It's a duck. It's from Well, space. actually, have you seen who stars in the movie? And we have to watch. Huh? Have you seen who stars in the movie? It's a yes. lot of, there are a lot of people that are cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And some of them are monsters. And we'll comment on that, too. Oh, Oh I, yeah, I, I I need to go back and review. I just I I just want to know: Do ducks have tits? Yes, they do, <laughs> and we'll get to gaze upon them <laughs> for entirely too long. And it's a kids uh, movie. The eighties were yeah, it was marketed as a kids movie, and the eighties were wild, y'all. <laughs> yeah, co- cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's what we're gonna be doing with our patrons, and we get to hang out with you guys, and it's gonna be fucking great. Yeah. Love it. Okay, so um, you are now going to <sighs> reviews. Yep, prepare yourself emotionally. Look, I love reviews, but I have to wrestle with my imposter syndrome every time. So let's go. Uh, okay, so USC Emily wrote, read mm-hmm. in your best Bill Hader voice. Do I have a Bill Hader voice? I think you might just be a Bill Hader voice. Oh, uh. Marvel's hottest podcast is Marvelous Divas. This podcast is everything. Co-host teasing, non-toxic commentary, delightful oh. tangents, mild to moderate thirsting, mild to moderate, hmm. and, <laughs> and plenty of tears. Cheers. It's that thing where you pour the tears of toxic Marvel fanboys into a highball and say cheers while binging She-Hulk. That I is love it. true. Yes. I wish our Red Bubble shop had a highball glass option. All we've got is mugs, mugs and travel mugs and water bottles. Really? Yeah. We need to get on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, HJP Groupie says they're late to the party. As oh. for this as for this podcast, I'm officially obsessed. I feel like oh. I could be sitting in the room and talking with both Steph and Chris. Plus, they have helped me notice things about the shows and movies that I may not have normally seen. And now when I watch, I am more aware. I'm trying my hardest to catch up, but thank you. 
And thank you for making the school pickup more bearable. <laughs> oh, girl, person. I I use girl in the gender, gender neutral sense, just like, dude, school pickup line is hell. It is absolutely fucking Mad Max hell. And it's it's an endless wait. And right when you get to the end, it's a fucking battle royale with the other parents. I feel you. And I'm so glad we can help with that experience. And last last review for today. But turn us off before the kids get in the car. Oh, for okay. fuck's please? sake, please. please. 18 okay. and above only, please. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Ernie C137 wrote, just started the podcast and is amazing. I'm just starting the podcast from episode one, and I know I'm going to love it. I'm here for it and excited to catch up. Uh, I hope that is maintained throughout the show, Ernie, but we appreciate it. <laughs> there were some there were some rough episodes for Marvelous Divas who were trying to figure out what to do, especially with, with some of the more challenging Agent Carter episodes, but I love this I love this ep- this podcast. Love it. We got it. We're we got figuring it, it out. We, we know what out. we're doing. We you know can what tell we're doing now. You can tell by this incredibly organized moment that we were ha- we're having. Why did you point we certainly don't stumble over our organized. words or talk at the same time. What? <laughs> I said, why did you point at your chest when you said organized? Did I? You, you were like, organized. Look, they're, they're like my worry stone. <laughs> just, whenever I need to find something in a room or check the weather or just generally <laughs> soothe myself, just hold them. Wow. Um. And for five bucks a month, y'all, you can see Steph do that to her chest. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, this is this is not this is not a bomb chicka bomb bomb moment. No, I'm just, I'm no. just hugging. Yeah, we're just, just uh, it's just hugs, embracing. Okay, mm-hmm. that's all I got, Steph. <laughs> They're the size of a small child. I need to let them down carefully. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> oh my God. <laughs> so. Oh. What we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order, which means that we started with uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. That's where it was. Yep. Uh, and we have been moving forward through time since then. And we find ourselves now, today, in Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. <laughs> now, as per our new format, which is working out gloriously we will be splitting we will be splitting the movie in half so we'll be doing half of the movie in this one and we'll be doing an episode too and let me tell you the titles of these podcasts for fucking guardians of the galaxy it's the infinity diva guardians of the galaxy volume two episode one (laughs) (laughs) electric boogaloo i mean can we add some more words jesus i love the guardianing anyway um do you have like an intro or anything that you want to do I do. Uh, quick mic check. Do you hear that horrible sound in the background? Just your voice. So you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, says it's not picking anything up. I don't trust it, though. But hold on a second. Okay. Oh, well, we're going to fucking do it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck we'll it. do it live. Fuck it. Okay. We'll Ready? Do it live. God. <clears throat> it's about family. The Guardians of the Galaxy have been working together for six months, but like many families, not all is well between them. Why is Rocket being such an asshole? And what about Peter Quill's hot and very sexy dad? We'll find out that and so much more. Uh, Also, can I add real quick? Mm -hmm. I fucking love Drax. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. His big fake laugh does great on my fucking nerves by the end of the movie, though. 
I'm not sure if it's entirely fake. I'm pretty sure Batista laughs like that. <laughs> you know what? Everybody's got to have a flaw. There's a. Fl- I mean, he's perfect in every way, and yeah, yep. that that laugh is horribly disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a lot, and it happens a lot. Okay, so uh, we are in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, so for behind the scenes, it's pretty much the same crew as last time, but whittled down to just James Gunn. Yep. James Gunn wrote it. James Gunn directed it. And the James Gunn of it all. Uh, uh, yeah, this is this one's very James Gunn. It's it's very James Gunny. Yeah. Um, like I think we're starting to see, like I think we we see him in his full power in the Suicide Squad, and then later in Peacemaker. Absolutely. But here he's like this is like James Gunn. Oh, censoring himself for Disney. <laughs> True, but, but even if you compare it to the first Guardians, this one is so much. Uh, so much more fearless. Yeah, and zanier. And way zanier. Um, they were like, the audience fucking loves us. Let's go for it. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, looking quickly at the comparison between the success of this movie and this uh, this movie and the previous one, uh, this movie uh, made more money revenue-wise. Uh, yeah. Uh, Baby Groot is one of the most popular merch uh, merch items ever. In fact, to this day... You can still go to Disneyland, which is a good temperature check on how what what characters are popular. Mm-hmm. You can still buy Baby Groot years later. Generally, they switch out different merch, and because they he's fucking adorable, he's fucking adorable. Yeah, I just can't like Teen Groot, whatever. Baby Groot, though, <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> Whoa! All right, we'll deal with that one. We'll happens. deal with that one later. Yeah, just, we've got a few movies to go before that. Um, but anyway, so uh, do you have anything you want to talk about before we get into it? Um, just real quick, Tyler Bates is once again doing the music. And I mm. was reading he was a little bit more active in picking what songs were going to be in the movie with James Gunn. And nice. uh, speaking of Fearless, I think that the music selections they made in this one um, had more songs. I mean, they were all popular songs in their own time, but they aren't like... They're a little more obscure. A little bit more obscure if you weren't living in the 70s, yeah. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm here for it. Uh, We'll talk about more of that later, but I love the soundtrack so much. What a good, what what a good, good good shit, good shit. Super good. Okay, shall we get into this movie? Let's do it. All right, so we open this film about space (laughs) on Earth in Missouri in 1980. A.K.A. the year I was born. Oh, yeah. You're older than me. Peter Quill and I are the same age. How do you feel about that? I want to punch him in his face. <laughs> Get out of my year. Get out of my year. Yeah. Is the actual actor but, that old, though? Let me see. No, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't care. Uh, I don't spend a single iota more energy on Chris Pratt than I need to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Missouri, Earth, 1980. We are we see a car, and in my notes, I went through a journey with this fucking car. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> so and it's just the car. Now, mind you, it's been a while since I watched this, so I forgot this scene even happened at the beginning. I thought the me the too. Fucking, mm-hmm. I thought the fucking movie opened with the fighting the monster thing and baby Groot dancing. I forgot we had this. Yeah. So I see the car, and I'm like, oh my god, is that a Trans Am? Because how 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, uh, you can see in my notes where I'm like, fucking pause, gotta do some research. That is actually a 1978 Ford Mustang II King Cobra. Uh-huh. 
Okay. And did you notice the paint job on this car that is driving down a rural farm road in Missouri? Uh, no. I must tell you and confess to you that I am not a car gay. <laughs> uh, so it is painted in the same teal, blue, and orange as Peter Quill's ship, the Milano. God damn it. I didn't notice that. That's amazing. That's apparently bizarre. Color combinations are genetic. So in this (laughs) car, we see a a beautiful girl badly singing along to Brandy, you're a fine girl. Fuck, I did not write down the band. By Looking Glass. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Which is a really great fucking song. And yeah, that that album this song's on is amazing too. I I listened to it for the first time this week. It's really good. It's so good. The 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 taste in music, again, the soundtrack in the Guardians movies is fucking impeccable. Oh, yeah. It's so fucking good. I mean, this uh, is the music that my mom and aunts listen to. I remember, yeah. I mean, all yeah, this. Yeah, my mom too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. So they're cruising along. It's a beautiful sunny day. Uh, they got the T-top open on the top of the car. Absolutely. <laughs> she's She's dancing. She's singing. She's having a wonderful time with her man. And you can't see him. Because, like, part of the car is obscuring his face. Yeah. Until the camera pans a little bit. And I, my heart stopped in the movie theater the first time I saw this. Yeah, me too. Uh, that I, I was racking my mind trying to think about a time I've seen de-aging in right. a film before. I don't think I have until this movie. Like, right, like exactly. done well, done well, I should done say. Done really, really well. Like, I don't, I think this is the first, is this the first de-aging in the MCU? Because I know we see it in Ant-Man. I want to say, I want to, I want to say, yeah, but I'm not so sure. Like, I'm trying to think about Captain America movies, because I feel like that's, that would be one where we would see some no, de-aging. Ant-Man, Ant-Man came out in 2015. Um, they right. did de-age uh, Peggy so in a, in a really... Frankensteinian way that worked really well. Okay. Uh, in you remember in, in Winter Soldier, right? Well, they 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 aged her. They didn't de-age her. Right. No, you're right. They reversed. They yeah. they aged her up. Um, and then in Ant Man, at the beginning of Ant Man, of course, we have there's a scene in there with a de-aged Michael Douglas. Right. 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 So here they they have beautifully de-aged. That's fucking Kurt Russell with the hair. With his hair. Like, Kurt Russell always had amazing hair. He and always still did. does. And still does. He's, he's always had amazing hair. Absolutely. And, like, and his hair is fucking stunning in this scene. Uh, well done. I'm <laughs> but fucking jealous. I really, I really think this de-aging works as well as it does on specifically on actors who have an enormous body of work. Mm-hmm. So they've mm-hmm. already got so much film done from the time when they were that age. Like... When they de-aged Samuel L. Jackson for Captain Marvel. Right. They de-aged him back to that. He had a handful of movies done in the 90s. And that's when they de-aged him back to. So they had those references uh, mm. to be able to do that. So, yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell, by the way, is here. He is playing this man who is in this car. He's been acting since the 60s. Yep. He I was... fucking grew up on Kurt Russell. We we both did. I mean, uh, uh, Escape from New York. <laughs> uh yeah he's yeah. snake pliskin yeah i love you know? that's my favorite kurt russell <laughs> big trouble little china okay my second favorite kurt russell okay, <laughs> okay. I love that kurt okay. Russell. you want to keep going he's mccready in the thing i love that he's wyatt earp in tombstone <gasps> right of course yeah. he is yeah oh, you God. know what my very first kurt russell he's the voice you remember the fox and the hound yeah oh he's the yeah. voice of grown-up copper the hound dog 
Yeah, that movie broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. a million, a million tiny pieces and then stomped on them. Absolutely, yeah. But no, Kurt Russell is. Here's the thing: Kurt Russell is always, always, always does an amazing job. Absolutely, he has never phoned it in. He has never turned in a bad job. He is never. He's never turned out a bad performance once in his life, ever. Yeah. He's always, and there's, there's only a handful of actors in Hollywood that you can say that about that are always amazing. And also, I, I have been told that he's extremely personable and extremely nice, which makes it like much easier for me to love somebody, right? If, the, if right. you know that they're like deeply respectful and nice and stuff. Um, cause I can't think of any kind of, Kurt Russell controversy. There's nothing. Yeah. He has been with the gorgeous and incandescent Goldie Hawn for 30 years. Yeah. And they're you still, know, they, they're still like they a met power on the couple. Set of a, they're still, they're still a Hollywood power couple. They yeah. met in 1987, 82, 82, 83. They met in the 80s. Fuck. And they've been together ever since. They have a wonderful son who plays an extraordinary asshole later in the MCU and we'll see him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just, fucking kurt russell's in this movie i the only memory i have of this scene from the movie theater is my brain short-circuiting because i didn't know kurt russell was in this fucking movie really i certainly wasn't expecting to see 80s kurt russell uh i wasn't expecting that either i just i i do remember seeing hit flashes of him in the trailers so i was expecting him they were being very mum about mm-hmm. what this movie was going to be about um I, that was one article i read on variety about this movie was they were very tight-lipped and very effective and not letting a lot leak out. There were rumors right. that the villain was going to be Ego, but there, it wasn't like, how would they do it? How would they do a character right. like that, right? So, yeah. Right, because he's like a planet, you know? So it's yeah. a whole thing. Um, but here we are. We are watching gloriously fucking 30-some-odd years younger Kurt Russell cruising down the road singing Brandy, you're a fine girl with a pretty lady. They pull into the parking lot of a Dairy Queen. Yeah, so I remember this joke uh, when I watched it in theaters one of the times. Uh, uh, whoever I was with, they were like, oh, I bet he's taking her someplace nice. And then shot of Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Dairy Queen is quality. Steak I, fingers in a blizzard. Uh, okay, so real I'll put t- out. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, where I grew up in California, there were no Dairy Queens. I never heard of Dairy Queen before. Huh. And so the first time I saw Dairy Queen was when I moved to San Antonio. Oh no! How big of of a panic attack did you have when they handed you you your blizzard? Well, I loved it, but the the, <laughs> the peanut what was it the peanut butter cup blizzard is what I got. Sure. Ha oh. yeah. But the fatal mistake I made also the other thing that we don't have in California is Big Red, <laughs> and I was going through like a fruit soda phase at that point i always like mm-hmm. orange soda grape juice soda whatever sure and so i thought big red was gonna be like fruit punch soda no right? you fool it was disgusting it was it's the most gross. disgusting thing i it's put awful. in my mouth yeah. yeah yeah um so my mother got a kick out of letting me order the large uh and then i also discovered dairy queen's burgers are not um that's not why you go to Dairy Queen. That's not why you go to Dairy Queen. I'll just no. say that. Yeah. No. You go to Dairy Queen to order a blizzard and have the lady turn it upside down when they hand it to you. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. why you go to Dairy Queen. Anyway, God. So Dairy Queen tangent. Go us. <laughs> but they're not going to Dairy Queen. They pull into the parking lot and he takes her down into like a little ravine behind the Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. And shows her like an alien flower egg thing. It's not pretty, I think. 
She thinks it's beautiful. Oh, of course she does. She's in love. And whatever this amazing, sexy man says is beautiful is beautiful. And That's, you know what? Um, Yeah. And I would be and the he, same way. If I got dictified like that, yeah. Whatever you that think is great is great. With that hair in that car, what do you want? What do you want me to say? <laughs> anything, anything? Okay. Uh and also, that is, that is, we realize that's Meredith Quill. That is Peter Quill's mom. Right, right. And that she is being played by Laura Haddock. Love her. As, uh, as the last movie, love her. Uh, and yeah, that, if that's Meredith Quill, then that's Peter Quill's dad. And she says something about him being a spaceman. Yeah. And he says something about this alien flower is going to take root and spread all across the universe. And all of that's really weird, hard to compute. And we're done. Boom. We're out of that scene. And I assume they, they fuck next to the flower. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But very carefully to not crush the flower, but absolutely in the woods behind the dairy queen. Sure. Yeah. Cause that's where I, <laughs> that's how I lost my virginity. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I love you. Um, but yeah, we have spent, Five times as long talking about that scene as the scene actually lasts in the movie. Yeah. Um, because we are back in a James Gunn script, y'all. Boom, boom, boom. Efficient movement. Very, uh, perhaps a little bit too efficient in this one. Um, I My only criticism uh, from here on out is there's mm-hmm. a little bit too much. I had to watch this movie multiple times to catch all the nuances of everything. And, right. Which isn't a bad thing. This movie is wonderful. I will gladly watch it. It's infinitely rewatchable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, for me... That's we, we talked about this before. That was my issue with the latest Thor movie. There was mm. too much, and I had to rewatch it multiple times. I actually didn't like it the first time I watched it. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, but now I will gladly rewatch it, especially a certain scene. But we'll talk about that in ten years. Yeah. Okay. Let's focus on this movie. <laughs> okay. So uh, we cut to thirty-four years later. What? We are in space now because we are at the Sovereign. With the crazy looking three planets with rings around them and lights yeah. all over the place. Sure. This movie is fucking beautiful. It's it's gorgeous. Now, yeah. Steph, I spent mm, an hour looking up the Sovereign. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They were created for this movie. There's no comic book <laughs> origin <laughs> with them. I was so annoyed. Oh, they are entirely like they're they are one giant homage to like art deco style and and like 50s sci-fi where everybody's like wearing, you know, the same clothing and they've, they've got like skull caps and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're so fucking cool and retro, but we haven't even met them yet. No. So we're in the sovereign and there's our a-holes. Yeah. There's the guardians of the galaxy. They're all getting ready. Because they have been hired to defend these gold battery thingies from an interdimensional beast that's going to be showing up to eat them. Like you do. As one does, yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody's got like a little jetpack, an arrow rig, except for Drax. Why isn't Drax wearing his arrow rig? Chris? He has sensitive nipples. <laughs> which, um... Why would you say that out loud to why me? Why wouldn't you say that out loud? I like a guy with sensitive nipples. I'll just say that. Just say it. Uh, and, uh, we get, I don't remember why Rocket was winking, but he was winking with the wrong eye. Uh, Rocket wanted to put some music together because in this movie, for some reason, Rocket's very obsessed with making sure there's music playing in the background at all times while he's working. Look, he picked it up from Quill. Yeah. And I'm here for that. I think, I think that's a way of Rocket letting himself connect to to Quill. I think it's a way of Rocket 
showing Quill that they're friends. Like Rocket's an asshole. And this is something that we're going to see throughout this movie. Um, yeah. Um, is people who don't have the interpersonal skills to be like, hi, I am your friend and now I am being kind to you. But instead they will like move hell on high water to make sure they have a stereo there for your big fight with the interdimensional beast because they know you like to have music while you're fighting. Right. Right. Like this is how Rocket shows his friendship and it's all he knows how to do. Cause he's an asshole. He's an asshole. That's what he does. Yeah. yeah. So I am here. I am a, I'm not a rocket apologist. I'm here to translate rocket. Yeah. This is a gesture of friendship and nobody who's receiving it is receiving it as such. No, uh, rocket assumed that Peter would be down with this. And Peter's like, uh, no, we gotta be, we gotta, we gotta fight a fucking monster. I, yeah. I don't think we should be focusing on the music right now. Yeah. And, and rocket's like, Oh, Oh, right. And that's when he does the winky thing. Yeah, with the wrong and eye. But with the wrong eye. He keeps winking with his left eye, which is pointed towards Drax, who can see him. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> baby Groot comes running into the shot. He is He's punching space. He is punching space lizard rats in the face because they were looking at him funny. Yeah, I am Groot. I love him. He's so aggressive. <laughs> anyway, um, the interdimensional beast arrives. It it's is, very intense. It's very intense. A Cthulhu beast with a rainbow breath weapon. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I love that. <laughs> it looks like just an intestinal tract has gained sentience. You know? <laughs> like, it's gross. And you know who's really good at fucking gross? James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So it comes roaring down out of the sky and all of the guardians start fighting it. Meanwhile, in the front, in the foreground, and I love this about this scene. Little baby Groot, like, is putting together the stereo and it's like, bzz, bzz, tsh, and the music starts playing. Yep. And it's Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra. I love this song so much. Look, have you, do you have Just Dance? Oh, yeah. Okay, have you, have you done the Mr. Blue Sky dance on Just Dance? Uh, I tried. <laughs> I'm not good at that game at all. <laughs> Look, it's one of the easiest dances, okay? I, have you, you've seen me dance, or I have, I, yeah. we need to play, we need to play Just Dance. Uh, no, um, we're not, no. I'm just saying, I've got, I've, I've got super multiple stars on Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah, that's right. I'm bragging about that on my podcast. Yeah, you today. Should, you're, you're so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, Baby Groot begins dancing, and the entire like the camera is focused on Baby Groot. The entire crazy action sequence is literally blurry in the background. Yeah, it's so brilliant. Do you know how they got the Baby Groot dancing? No. Once again, we have James Gunn doing the mocap for the dancing for Baby Groot. Oh my god. The director himself. That is his dance moves. Yeah, so um, can I tell you the world's biggest mistake I ever made in regards to this movie? Sure. Yeah, so, you know, the Groot part is cute, and then uh -huh. eventually he sees the rat again and then rides it, uh -huh. and then the camera gets all fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine seeing this movie in IMAX? Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was nauseated. I was, I, it was, and, and actually there are other parts of the movie too that are like that. I will never oh, yeah. watch, uh, this movie is the reason why I will never watch a movie in IMAX again. Yeah. 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 That'll be a pretty hard lesson. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we get, we get, you know, baby Groot dancing and he goes through this whole sequence and we get all the characters are individually introduced to him, uh, to us, the audience through interacting with him in the foreground of this whole action sequence. Uh, Drax gets slammed on the ground right next to him and looks over and Groot freezes. They do that. Yeah, they do the, the dancing gimmick again. Do you want to know why? 
Why? According to James Gunn, Baby Groot freezes when Drax sees him dancing because he knows that Drax doesn't approve of dancing. Oh, and that we'll get that later. story later. Yeah. yeah, because it's Drax has a super fond memory of meeting his wife. A super super fond yeah, memory. We'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> of meeting his wife, and it centers around dancing. And so he knows that Drax doesn't like it, and he wants to be Drax's friend. So he freezes, and I just love him so much. Oh, so much. Shit. Hold on, I got a flurkin at the door. I'll be right Uh-oh. back. Oh, flurkin. Yeah. Hi, boomer. We love the boomer. Hello, hello. Would you like to come and join the party? Oh! Christopher. Yes. The flirting. You're not even looking. Hi, Boomer. That. Uh, we're looking for an escape route. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're trying She's to figure out how to get purring. out. She's purring. She's purring. Aw. Okay. She purrs really loud. Yes, because she uh, lacks the ability to do subtle anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do we have your attention? Do we have my attention? Are we here? Are we focused? We're focused. We're ready. So, anyway, again, this is just efficient filmmaking because we we are reminded who all these people are. Drax with the with the staring and the freezing. Um, at one point, he gets dancing around near Gamora, and Gamora yells at him to get out of the way because he's going to get hurt. But. <laughs> He turns and waves at her, and she she does what you do when a toddler waves at you. She goes, hi, and goes right back to fighting. And yeah, it's just the yeah. sweetest thing. I fucking love it. Uh, Rocket swoops down out of nowhere, because just in time to see uh, Groot grab a bug Ooh. and start to eat it. <laughs> He's like, spit it out, spit it out. I love it. Right, that. and like you get the sense this is a family now. Yeah. And Groot is the baby. And everybody's taking care of the baby. Oh, my. Yeah. And they're assholes, and none of them are parents, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, ultimately, this glorious, uh, fantastically charming dance sequence ends because Drax gets slammed on top of the stereo and shatters it, and Groot is very upset. Yeah, he tries to punch Drax, but Drax isn't really paying attention. <laughs> no. And Drax also decides that he is done. <laughs> he must do something drastic. Uh-huh. So Drax- clearly, drastic. If- Drax-tick, there we go. Hey. Uh, so Drax logically concludes, for some ungodly reason, that the outside of the monster is thick. Yeah, the, the hide is too thick. They cannot pierce it. So clearly he must enter it. And he does. <laughs> <laughs> he can only carve his way out from the inside. And he does. Glorious flying leap and is swallowed by this fucking eldritch horror intestinal tract monster creature down into its guts. You see him like hacking away. And it's like day glow yellow guts from the inside. Meanwhile, Peter and and Gamora are like, are you fucking kidding me? Does he realize that the skin is just as thick from the inside as it is from the outside? (laughs) Gamora's like, I know. I told him. What do you want me to do about it? Anyway, they uh, manage to to do a plan where there's like a, a small injury on the creature. They get it to lift its head up so that Gamora can go diving in like the fucking badass she is and gut the thing. And now it's dead. And then Drax comes tumbling out of the wound, and it's fairly certain gross. that he killed it. Yep. It was all him. Yep. Uh, and he's laughing, even though there's this gross slime stuff all over him. You know, Drax is down for whatever, man. So can I tell you about an interview I read uh, yes. that, that Dave Batista did? 
uh-huh. when when he was at, when they were asked like you know what was it like getting slimed up and all that kind of stuff he was like oh it's 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 not a big deal at all uh-huh. i i had horrible situations like that happen to me all the time when i was a wrestler and the interviewer should have stopped right there but they didn't oh no <laughs> did they ask for examples like what and he gives a story where he and i think it was john cena are mm. in a tag match together and something really horrible happens and john cena just shits himself <laughs> and dave batista he would take the opportunity to tell a john cena shits himself story and uh batista and everybody else have to keep wrestling for at least oh 10 more minutes oh my god and there was stuff all over them no yeah Wah. yeah yeah why yeah because they're wrestlers Oh, God. Wrestlers are so gross. I are really gross and wonderful. <laughs> I, I love them. They're so gross. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So they have defeated the monster, and it was all to protect Anulac's batteries. Uh, where does that word come from? I have no idea. It, it sounds like a, like a laxative. Yeah, right? that's... Th- thank you. Thank you. Ding, ding. <laughs> uh, apparently, these batteries are worth a shit ton of money, as Rocket points out. Um, yeah, Harbulary batteries. <laughs> <laughs> it's a running gag, and it's the stupidest joke, and I'm so glad they did it. <laughs> Where Drax just cannot hear or understand Anulax, it becomes Harbulary in his brain, and that's just what they're called. That's what it's called. Yep. Uh, yeah. So anyway, they're uh, they're done. They've done their job. They have to go speak with the Sovereign now, and mm-hmm. Star Lord is all, "Hey." We got to be careful with these people because they're kind of uppity. Yeah. Do not offend them. The penalty is death. And that that got me thinking, you know, this is the last planet Steph and I should ever visit. What? Yeah. Like ever. (laughs) And also like realistic concern, maybe, maybe send Rocket and Drax back to the ship. Yeah. Why did they bring? Why? Maybe they're not the guys that you bring. Anyway, so they go and have a meeting and we get this glorious like, gold these people are really really focused on gold as a color i'm here for that just it's it's a lot though like it's interior of trump tower a lot but better because these people are cooler like i want her chair well yeah i want her chair i want the i want the wig thing that she had as that's attached to the chair i think it's like a headdress yeah Yeah, it's a whole thing it's a whole thing i think this is i think this is the, the aesthetic we should go for in our condo in hell Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can. That can be your room. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they're like, "Hey, yeah, we totally finished this job or whatever." And Peter is flirting with this high priestess. Yeah. Straight up flirting in front of Gamora, and this is our first hint that um, Peter and Gamora are maybe not actually a couple right now. Which that's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because she could do better. What? Oh, uh, ooh, there, there. You said it. You said it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, the high priestess was all, yeah, we genetically craft each one to be perfect. We're perfect. I'm perfect. They're perfect. I'm perfect. And Star-Lord is like, well, I like to make kids the old-fashioned way. <laughs> the old in-out, in-out, rumpy-pumpy. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And I'm not... I know Peter was flirting with the high priestess. I'm not sure if she was flirting oh, back. Oh, she was flirting back. Was she? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because no, it came off to me, it. came off to me a bit like she wasn't aware of the joke, and she was oh, like, no. "Oh, you think she so?" She was aware. Okay. Yeah. No, she was. She was totally like, "You should show me some of your old fashioned 
ways of making babies like yeah no that was totally happening and so gamora's like oh my god okay can we just get paid yeah and get out of here and um real quick before we move on with this scene we need to talk about the high priestess of the song we absolutely do her name apparently is aisha which we never hear well once it comes up once yeah they mention it once and that's it I never heard it. Uh, Aisha, High Priestess of the Sovereign. She is being played by Elizabeth Debicki. Mm-hmm. Now, Elizabeth Debicki is an Australian actress, and part of the reason that she got cast in this role is that she is barefoot, six foot two. <gasps> I love that. And also, then they put damn. her. In, yeah, and then they put her in five inch platforms. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she's been in a few things. This gloriously tall beautiful woman uh she was in the great gatsby Mm -hmm. uh she was in the peter rabbit movie she's the voice of mopsy (laughs) just fun to say uh she was in the cloverfield paradox tenet and in the crown that show about the british royal family she's princess diana yep yep that's that's the one i'm most familiar with tenet what did who is she in tenet Oh, oh that's know. right. I, that's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. Um, 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 I need to, I need to let Boomer out okay. before she fucking does something bad. <gasps> oh no, she has been trapped. What do we do? Go away. Love you. All right. She'll be back in five minutes. Yep. That's how it works. It's that kind of night. Okay. So what are the Guardians of the Galaxy being paid in? Uh, not in. S- someone, technically. Uh-huh. Uh, they fucking bring out Nebula. And fucking I'm like, Nebula. And I'm like, hey, girl. Hey, you, good to see you. Did you notice how her attachments were different? And she only she didn't have a hand. She had more of a claw thing. Yeah. She's clearly been like handling her own repairs and upgrades in the last few months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so family reunion, yay, sister Lord. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Apparently, Gamora's plan is to scoop Nebula up and take her back to Xandar, Z- turn her in for the bounty, so she can spend the rest of her life in prison. Before they can leave this scene, though, the Queen has to mention that she senses a strange hybrid genealogy in Peter. Yep. Hmm. And she's like, so wait, who are your parents again? And he's like, my mom was from Missouri. And your father? Not from Missouri. <laughs> because at the end of the last movie, we found out that he's half, uh. Half like, celestial-ish, maybe? They didn't say that in the last movie. They though. didn't? Oh, okay. No. Half something. Just half something ancient. Something, something ancient. else. Something crazy. And something that the high priestess calls reckless. Mm. It's a reckless hybridization. Rocket calls them all conceited douchebags, and the whole thing is about to fall apart right there. Like, dude, why? Why? You're an asshole. You're such what an did asshole. Who this? He he did the wrong wink thing. Everybody could see it. Like, Jesus Christ. They grab him by the scruff of the neck, Drax does, and drags him out. And we find out on the way out that Rocket has a pouch full of Harbulary batteries. Yeah, that's going to go well. Yeah, They're not going to notice. They're not going to notice great. at all. You motherfucker. God. Anyway, they are driving off. Driving. They are flying off. See, I got... I said drive because of the name of the song. Yeah. They're flying off to Xandar to the sound of Lakeshore Drive by Aliota Haynes Jeremiah. Also a song, again, a song I love. Yeah. Um, how cute was Groot on the window? Oh my God. Just God. like sitting there watching scenery go by. Uh, we get a gratuitous shirtless scene on Peter Quill. Ugh. Move on. Uh, actually, 
the shirt he's wearing. I fucking love that shirt. It's really cute. It's a really cute shirt. And look, congratulations on your hard work at the gym, Chris Pratt. I guess. guess. This shirtless scene does nothing for me. Right. Um, It clearly does something for Gamora, which is the point of the scene. And I saw an interview uh, with Chris Pratt about the shirtless scenes because we have two shirtless scenes in this movie. Uh, one is Chris Pratt here, and then later is Yondu. Um, mm-hmm. And the stark differences between these two, not that these men are of drastically different physiques, they're really not. Good job, Michael Rooker. Mm-hmm. But because of the point of these scenes, and Chris Pratt was like, he thought his shirtless scene was fucking pointless. Uh, as compared to Michael Rooker's scene, which we'll see later, is actually a lot about vulnerability and feeling lost and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I don't know what my shirtless scene was just to fucking show off my body or whatever. Yeah. To Gamora. I'm sorry you forgot there were girls in that scene, too. But the reason your shirt came off in that scene, my boy, was so that she could eye you up and down. And we could see that she thinks you're hot for some reason. He's such, a dumb, he's such a dumb man. He's so stupid. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Gamora's like, mm. and but then she hides it real quick. I love it. <laughs> love it. Anyway, uh, he apologizes for flirting with the high priestess. Uh, Gamora is like, I don't actually give a fuck about that. <laughs> and he's he's like moody about the high priestess mentioning his dad. And she's like, I know you're sensitive about that. Whatever. She walks away. Yep. He watches her walk away. In sort of a longing, lost brainless puppy dog way well because he thinks he loves her sure sure and then surprise drax i know i was like holy shit (laughs) i love it though how can anybody sneak up on anybody on this fucking ship it's so crowded i loved drax's story this is one of my favorite parts of the movie look drax has a lot of really sweet stories in this movie I yeah. really think he doesn't get enough credit for that. No. And for me, at least for the first half of the movie, he steals the fucking show. Oh, my God. You yeah. Know? He's fucking great. Yeah. So he said, he tells Star-Lord, there are two types of people in the world, those who dance and those who do not. And I, mm-hmm. and he starts talking about how he met his wife. And I'm thinking... His wife, ta- Ovet. Ovet. And I'm thinking he's going to tell a story about how she dances beautifully or something like that. <laughs> nope. Right. Nope. Nope. The most melodic song in the universe wouldn't move her. She would stand perfectly still. And like Chris Pratt's like, wow, that kind of sounds like something that turns you on. (laughs) (laughs) And Drax is like, it would make my nether regions engorge. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Uh, So, and so Quill's like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. Nebula. I, I, I dance in Nebula. Nebula? Gamora. <laughs> I dance and Gamora does not. I get it. We're we're different kinds of people. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Yes. And then <laughs> and then my other favorite Jack line. You just need to find a woman who is pathetic. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um cut to Nebula and Gamora. They have a quick I hate you, I hate you, I'll kill you, you're going to prison on Xandar, etc. We just needed to establish their relationship real quick and we're cutting away. Now we're in the cockpit. Oh, we do have to uh, mention that Nebula's hungry and she, she wants the hungry. fruit. There's a fucking root there. It's not ripe. That's yeah. all we need to know about it. It yeah. is a running gag. It's not ripe. We're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking fruit thing. I love it. So, 
So everybody's in the cockpit. We're flying along. We're going to get to like a jump point. We're going to go do some stuff and it's going to be great. We're going to Xandar, except the entire Sovereign fleet is incoming. And that was badass. I love the Sovereign fleet so much. Dude, this whole sequence is fucking great. Uh, Drax spills that it's because Rocket stole the fucking batteries. (laughs) (laughs) And Rocket's like, dude. And Drax goes, I don't know why they are after us. What a mystery this is. God damn it, Drax. (laughs) It's so fucking brilliant. Anyway, this whole sequence is, again, we're efficiently storytelling because the Sovereign Fleet, they're offended. The the batteries have been stolen. And we see that uh, Peter Quill and Rocket are sort of vying for leadership, for control, for, every, they're, for control of everything. They're literally fighting over the controls of the ship. Yeah, which fucks up, which fucks up a lot of shit. It fucks them real hard. Um, so, okay. The Sovereign Fleet. Rocket's like, yeah, I get to kill some guys. And he goes, start shooting them. And, and Gamora's like, you're not killing anybody. They're all remote. And we cut to the Sovereign Fleet arcade room. I want one. It would be so fun. Right? Fucking sign me up. <laughs> yeah, amazing. When, when I heard that Disney was going to build a new Guardians of the Galaxy attraction, I was like, so this. Do this. Right? this right? Sh- it should be this. Apparently they did something better, but still, this. I want this. That would be so much fucking fun. Yeah. Um, the high priestess is there. She is super offended. She's like, everybody go out and fucking shoot to kill. And yeah. she's telling this order to her admiral. Do you know who is playing the admiral of the sovereign? No, I was hoping you were going to tell me. Did you ever watch Stargate SG-1? Or perhaps Farscape? Uh, Stargate, yes. Do you remember Ben Browder? Are you kidding me? That's Ben Browder. What?! Yeah, James Gunn was a huge Stargate and Farscape fan, and he actually happened to run into Ben Browder at some event uh, when they were leading up to the to starting production on this. And he was like, oh, my God, will you please do a cameo? And he agreed. That is Ben Browder. I fucking love this so much. Yeah, James absolutely. Gunn, you fucking nerd. I love you. Uh, he's the fucking best. Uh <laughs> Anyway, so they're chasing and they're shooting and they're fighting over the controls and everything. They need to go through a quantum asteroid field to get to the nearest jump point to the nearest planet, which is Bearheart. So they need to get there. Okay, cool. Trying to get through a quantum asteroid field, which was really fucking cool, where the asteroids yeah. like phase in and out of existence yeah. all over the place. I read it. Yeah. I read an interview. I totally forgot to write down the name of the, of the post-production person, but... At this point, Guardians of the Galaxy was starting to be called the Star Wars of the MCU. Right. And so they were really trying to avoid the comparison. So when the script called for them to fly into an asteroid field to avoid uh, oh, uh, no. other starfighters, they wanted to do something different. And so now we have a quantum asteroid field. That's amazing. Which is far more it. dangerous than a regular asteroid field. Absolutely. <laughs> And Gamora points it out. She's like, no, Quill, you'd have to be the greatest pilot in the universe to get through there. And Peter goes, lucky for us. And then Rocket says, I am. What? Now we're fighting over the controls. Now we're going to fucking die because these two have to measure their dicks right now in the middle of this. Everything is fucked up. The Sovereigns are down to like one dude. The fleet is closing in. Their weapons get taken out on the Milano. Right. So Drax goes back. Yeah. And he goes to the thing that says spacesuits <laughs> for emergencies. And then under it, somebody has written in marker, in marker or for fun. Yeah. Do you know who wrote that? No. That was James Gunn. God damn it. He went in on the set and wrote or for fun <laughs> under that. Are we going to skip over the third part? 
I was really gonna try skip over the turd part. Yeah, uh, I have a story associated with this. So, oh fuck! Uh, first time I saw the movie, uh, there were parents and row kids sitting right next to me. Uh huh. So the engorged line earlier didn't sit well with the parents, right? And then Rocket threatens Peter b- by saying he's gonna put a turd in his uh, pillow, and you know Peter's and it's like, it's gonna oh. be a big squishy one. Yeah, and he points out that it's Drax. It's going to be Drax's turds. And Drax is like, yes, I have gigantic turds. That was the moment where the parents got up and escorted oh, the no. children out of the theater. Oh. Yeah, they were done. They were done. Oh, oh well. Oh, well, fuck them. <laughs> they already got your money. <laughs> anyway, they get through the entire asteroid field. and They're like, okay, we're totally free and clear uh, with Drax on a space in a space suit on a tether with a gun in his hand. Right. Out the back of the ship. Like you do. Um and they think they're free and clear, except they get through the asteroid field and, oh my god, it's the entire Sovereign fleet. They just went around the field? Yeah, yeah. You could have done that? <laughs> <laughs> we could have just gone around? <laughs> anyway, they're going to die. Because they are getting pincer maneuvered between all these ships and they're just getting bum 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 shot. And then what happens? They all explode. All of them. All of the sovereign ships at do. once, yeah, yes. Um, and I was—I remember being shocked when I saw this. And then suddenly, there is a giant space egg. Yeah, like a, just an egg. There's an yeah. egg with a dude standing on top of it, and he waves at them like, "Hey!" Yeah, and Rocket's the only person who sees this. <laughs> <laughs> like what? And he just waves at them, and apparently, he just saved them from all the sovereign ships. They go through the jump point with Drax still on a tether out the back of the ship. Oops. They crash on Bearheart with Drax still on a tether out the back of the ship. Gamora has to go back there and try and save his ass. Yeah. Yeah, it was not going well. Anyway, they crash, crash. It's bad. The ship is fucking totaled. But Drax gets up laughing. He thinks it's awesome. He thought it was awesome. And did you see the, oh my God, cute hamster things that were in the trees when they were crashing? I know, like a little, like a little bird with a little snuffler nose, like a little. Oh my god! I bought one at Disney. <gasps> I don't know where it is. I, I was, oh. I've been look, It's in a box somewhere. I, but I have one. Well, you better find it and TikTok about it. I will. I will. So I can see it and be jealous. <laughs> so jealous. What is up with Marvel and your cute little creature things? Oh like God. they're they make some super adored things. Anyway, Fucking shameless. Anyway, okay. So we have crashed. We are on Bearheart. Gamora is pissed, and she is chewing Peter and Rocket the fuck out because it's their fault. They crashed. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent their fault. And Rocket's like, "Why are you yelling at me? Why are we not talking about the tiny little man that saved us?" He's like an inch tall. What do you he's mean like he's an, an inch tall? Gamora's <laughs> like, "A one-inch tall man saved us from <laughs> from the sovereign." He's like, "Well, I mean, maybe if he was closer, he'd be bigger. I don't know." <laughs> and and Peter's like, "Yeah, that's how vision works, you stupid raccoon." And Rocket's like, "Don't call me a raccoon." And Peter goes, "I'm sorry. I took it too far. Trash panda." <laughs> And, <laughs> and, and Rocket's like, is that better? Is it no? It's worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> Fucking oh, we're being assholes again. Yeah. But it's at this point where I realize, okay, so efficient efficient fucking script. We are uh, an hour into this podcast, but 20 minutes into the movie. Right. Because of who we are as people. We're not efficient. We're not James Gunn. We already know that Kurt Russell is a spaceman and he is Peter's dad. 
Right. We know that the Guardians of the Galaxy are all still a bunch of a-holes. Absolutely. Groot is growing. He's He is mobile. He's not in a pot anymore, and he's the family baby. Nebula is still alive, still super aggro, and has a new robot hand. Peter and Gamora are not officially a couple. But they do gaze longingly at each other from time to time. Rocket and Peter are not getting along. The eight holes have pissed off an entire society of gold people. And now there is a white egg ship with a one inch man on it. Yep. Out there. And it, that is what, that's what we fucking know. The first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I recently, uh, finally watched James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which, ho- oh, yeah? hello, uh, that movie's way better than the first one. Yeah, duh. But it was efficient too. This uh, this is James Gunn's style. Yeah, and it's insane how good he is at it. All the fucking facts out so that we can get to the story. Boom, 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 boom. I love it. I love it. I love it. I fucking love it. So then, right then, the egg ship comes in for a landing. (laughs) I want one. And as it's coming down, like they're all back to back. Nebula's like, "You should, you should let me free so that I can help you in this fight." And uh, but Drax is like, "Maybe it's the one inch man." Like he's so excited. <laughs> and the ship lands, and it's present day Kurt Russell. And my pants flew off. <laughs> Fell off. He looks amazing. He's got a weird girl with him who's got antennae. Hey, we love like Mantis. We love Mantis. So I much. fucking love her. But Peter Quill is immediately like, who are you? And the man goes, I figured my rugged good looks would make that obvious. My name is Ego. And I'm your dad, Peter. (gasps) What? Zoom in on Peter. That's his dad. I am your father. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. Anyway, we're not going to sit in that moment, though. We're cutting to Contraxia. Yeah, uh, can we talk about ego real quick? Uh, yeah, please. I would like to make a point with this uh, quick discussion. I thought you were going to say, I would like to make love to ego. And I was like, there, oh, that is, I am uh, That is absolutely true. You. Sweet, sweet love. Okay, you were going to make a point about ego. The comic book version of ego is mm-hmm. indeed a living planet. And oh. most of the time in the comic book, he's a literal planet, not a, oh. not a person. However, Stephanie, do you remember mm-hmm. how people were saying that Thor's is way too silly and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his first appearance was in The Mighty Thor, number 132, September 1966. A giant planet villain, which is uh-huh. absurd and silly as fuck, made his debut in the Thor comics. As if to imply that Thor has always been silly. Thor's always been ridiculous. Yeah, Absolutely. They didn't, the MCU didn't make Thor silly. The MCU made Thor serious. Yeah, and they shouldn't have in the first place, which yeah. we now know that's the way it is. Yep. Yeah, yep. Any, anyway, Ego is a celestial in the comic books. He's goes from villain to good guy, villain to good guy. He's just a giant fucking planet, and he's a, it's an absurd character. And I think, you know, my biggest question, question going into this movie is how are they going to take this really dumb-sounding character in a comic... And this is my opinion. I'm just saying I think it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, how are they going to make this character work in a movie? Well, they... This is how. This is how. And genius. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Okay. So, now we have cut to Contraxia. That... The name of that planet's a little on the nose, don't you think? Uh, considering we're at a yellow robot girl brothel? Like the, like the robots are literally yellow? Yeah. Like Crayola Yellow. Uh, <laughs> and and this is where uh, the Ravagers are hanging out. This is where the mercenaries party. 
So yeah, contraxia, little on the nose. Yeah, That's little on the nose. Go, it's where you would go to hire some people to do some dirty work. Yeah. Uh, we do see a cameo of Howard the Duck. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the other line I was considering. Uh, when he says, you're out of luck until you've gone duck. <laughs> Gross. And here's the thing, y'all. The animated Howard the Duck that we have in the MCU is um, just just adorable as can be compared to the Howard the Duck from the 80s movie. Oh, my God. I'm so it's scared. Not it's, it's not so good. It's so scary. Okay. I can't wait. Okay. So, apparently, uh, this is a snowy red light district mm-hmm. sort of a place uh, where there's brothels, there's bars, and we see through a window a shirtless Yondu. Staring moodily out the window as he clearly does a post-coital pant zip-up. Uh, my only, my other criticism of this movie is that we didn't see a longer shot of this. I wouldn't have minded. You know, that's what pause button's for. Like, <laughs> uh, <look. laughs> I fucking love Michael Rooker. I was very pleased by this moment. Uh, he is, um, he is well fit. Yeah. He is he's blue all over in the scene Yondu is not Michael Rooker. Uh and it's just it's um it's nice. It's very nice. <laughs> it's, but and yeah, it's he, very nice. He looks so sad and distant. That's the and thing. This I, isn't sexy. It's nice and I can appreciate it, but his shirtlessness here emphasizes his vulnerability and how alone he is. Like he looks over at the sex bot that he was clearly just with and she just she shuts down. And that's it. So he's he's by himself in this room. And like he just you know, he's lost. I just want to hug him. Yeah, like right then. Before you put the shirt on, let's just hug it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can make this sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I can make you feel special again. <laughs> so but he's looking out the window and there's one particular ravager that's like, Yalando, come down and party with me, and that's fucking Tommy Flanagan. Yeah. That's Tommy Flanagan down there. I, you guys, the number of cameos they piled up in the Ravagers in this movie is just, it blows my fucking mind. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I got, I need to gush about Tommy Flanagan real quick. Do He's it. not even in the movie yet. Like he has a few lines. He barely says a thing. This is a glorious cameo from him. Tommy Flanagan, y'all know who this is. If you have ever seen, he, he is, he is a mean mug Scottish, that guy. Yeah, agreed. He is the guy with the Scottish accent thick enough to walk on who's got a vicious knife scar on one side of his face. You've seen him. He was in Braveheart. He's in Gladiator. He's in Sin City, Peaky Blinders, Westworld, and, oh, 92 episodes of Sons of Anarchy. Yep. He's fan-fucking-tastic. I I love Tommy Flanagan. I want to climb Tommy Flanagan. I forgot he was in Braveheart. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the guy whose uh, new bride is taken away for prima nocta. Yeah, morning. yeah. Ugh, I used to like Mel Gibson. Anyway, back in the day yeah. before he revealed himself to be terrible. So yeah, I was so delighted to see Tommy Flanagan. Uh, I was still reeling from that when we hit our next cameo. Uh, and a hell of a cameo that is. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so when what? Yondu. Uh, leaves the brothel to go outside to see why he was being called. Apparently, there was another group of Ravagers there. Yeah. And we meet... <sighs> Stakar. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester fucking Stallone. <laughs> who has never looked hotter in his fucking life. Baby. My God. 
He's looking good. My God. Now, uh, Stakar is a comic book character. I don't want to talk about him until the next episode, because there's a whole thing at the very end, and I want to talk about that. But again, with the efficient script, because we see Yondu step up to him and show deference and salute him. Yeah. Yondu's never shown deference or respect to anybody. Yeah. And he's and he's showing all of this to to the Stakar guy. Stakar looks over at him and he's like, "Oh, well, I guess this place isn't the kind of disreputable that we like." And he fucking leaves. And he lets the the fucking lady who runs the place know that you just lost business of ninety nine other Ravager factions because you served this one. Oh shit, Yondu! A a there's a hundred Ravager. Yeah, factions. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. B Stakar is apparently in charge of all of them. Uh, and see, Yondu is exiled. And we what? find we literally find this all out in like two minutes, if that. Yeah. So before we get into Yondu's exile, real quick, Sylvester Stallone, in case we needed a refresher. Oh my god. That's that's Sylvester fucking Stallone. That's Rocky Balboa. That's John Rambo. That's Judge Dredd. That's John Spartan. That's the voice of King Shark in the Suicide Squad. Yep. That's fucking Sylvester Stallone. He's just. I just fucking, he's so fucking cool. <laughs> I love Sylvester Stallone. And you know what he movie? Not... What movie I just rewatched because of him? Huh? Demolition Man. It's so good. It's so bad and good at the same time. It, it's so it... good. Peak Wesley Snipes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. When Taco Bell is like a five star <laughs> restaurant. What? Look, we're on our way. Uh yeah, because there, there is a Taco Bell bar. A couple blocks from me. You can buy mixed drinks at this place. What? Nice. Nice. Well, and like the whole part of the whole premise of that movie is that, you know, there was there was all these diseases. And so people don't ever actually have physical contact anymore. So, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There's oh, a sirens on? and shit coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. Give it like 20 seconds. I live down the street from the fire department. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, I'm so happy for your new apartment. <laughs> but, okay, they're done. Um, the police cars here, they're, they're brand, brand new ones. They're all electric mm-hmm. and shit. They make the worst siren sound. It's oh. like, it's weird. And I can so feel they, they sound like, like, they sound like Kirby in Super Smash Brothers. Yes. And you can whoop, feel whoop, whoop. this. It's, it's weird. You can actually feel the sound. Oh, weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Anyway. Huh. Anyway. Well, maybe it's so that like deaf people know. They're I think that's what it's for. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So Yondu has been exiled from the Ravagers. Chris, why? Well, he broke the code. There's a code. There's a code for the Ravagers. Yes, there is. And apparently when Yondu many, many years ago decided to take a job where he was going to kidnap a kid, mm-hmm. that was breaking the code. You don't fuck exactly. around with kids, period. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stakar is like, you broke all of our hearts. Oh, uh, no. And, and my, like, you feel it. You feel it. Yeah. And the acting is so good between these two actors. Like, oh, just killed me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Stakar leaves, and then we see... Wait, hold on. Oh, Because shit. right before Stakar leaves, Yondu's like, y'all want a seat at the table? He, like, demands to be allowed back in, and Stakar tells him... But you'll never hear the horns of freedom when you die, Yondu. And the colors of a gourd will never flash over your grave. And that just... You can see that just stomps all over Yondu's heart. Yeah. Like, that's that's truly heartbreaking for him. And I'm like, hold up. The Ravagers are good guys now? 
I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. They're a thieves guild that operates. They do have a code. They're a, a, they're a a chaotic, mostly good thieves guild, apparently. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Yondu stealing kids was like way too, was out of line. And that's fucking great. And I and all of a sudden, I fucking love the Ravagers. I need all of their stories. Right. Uh, can we have a Ravagers movie, please? And if you're going to cast people like Sylvester Stallone, you're going to prestige cast these fucking actors. I just I love it. I love it. I, I, and like, I, this I, is where the MCU has gotten to. They yeah. can get like I just. Mm. I, I want volume three now. I, I want it. Yeah. I want more. Oh, is it going to be more Ravagers in volume three? Uh, apparently. Oh, like a lot more. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. Anyway, so some of Yondu's dudes are watching all of this go down. Ugh. And there's this one really big, super, super fugly. Like, this is... His makeup is is grotesque. He is intended to look wretched. Uh, and he's saying that Yondu's gone so soft. Oh, my God. And Craglin and Tommy Flanagan are like, oh, yeah, if you think he's so soft, tell him to your face. Yeah. Me. To his face. Yeah. Me, 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 me. Right then, they're like, hey, who's that? I uh, it, when when I become famous, <laughs> I want have I, people like roll you a blue carpet every yes, day. Yes, I want that. I, I fucking love the high priestess so much. She's so good. I love that it was squeaky, <laughs> <laughs> and then it got stuck. It got stuck on what? I don't know. Just <laughs> some snow. It's just uh, so yeah. It's the high priestess of the sovereign. She's there, and she's got her attendants rolling out a carpet for her as she like baby steps along. Fucking love it. She's there, and she has a proposition for Yondu. Mm. Ooh. Anyway, back on Bearheart. Uh, it says in my notes, everybody shut up. Kurt Russell is talking. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I have in my notes, uh, 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 camp campfire talk with, by Kurt Russell. So yeah. we're, we're kind of on the same. I would really love to have a campfire talk with Kurt Russell. Uh, yeah, I mean. Perhaps a naked campfire talk. <laughs> It doesn't have to be a campfire either. It could be the beach, could be his bedroom, could be the bathroom, the I laundry room. We have a room. lovely conversation with Goldie first. We get all the ethics taken care of. Oh, absolutely. I would invite yeah. Goldie too. She's fucking beautiful. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, come to find out, uh, Kurt Russell, aka Ego, uh, hired Yondu to pick up Peter after Peter's mom died. What? Uh, but Yondu fucking kept him. Why? For some reason. Well, Peter says the reason that Yandu kept him was because he was a skinny kid. He was good for thieving because he could get into places adults couldn't. Sure, Jan. Yeah. And then Drax is like, wait, I thought Yandu was your dad. God damn it, Drax. <laughs> and, and Rocket's like, one of them is blue. <laughs> Why did you think that? What? And Gamora jumps in with, hey, uh, so how did you find us now? Mm-hmm. And he goes like, oh, well, even way out in the boonies of space where I live, we've heard of the exploits of the magnificent Star-Lord. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Suspicion. Gamora is suspicious. Gamora is suspicious. Uh, Peter, though flattered, clearly also suspicious. Nobody is taking this at face value, again, because they're all assholes. And Ego's like, you know what? How about all of you come back to my home planet with me? It's going to be great. Everybody come along. Even that triangle face monkey there. (laughs) And did you see Rocket? He's like, wait, what? And you can see him put his little hands up to his face. Like, wait, is it triangle? 
Poor Rocket. <laughs> and then I have my notes. Ego announces he needs to pee. Gotta take a whiz. And then he actually does. I'm like, what? Yeah. Ego, yeah. the living planet, needs to Has pee. Has to take a whiz. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. With his penis. <laughs> but we'll get to that. M- meanwhile, over by the campfire, Mantis introduces herself to Drax. Mm-hmm. And she's making this horrible face. Oh, I love her so much. And Drax is like, what are you doing? She's like, I am smiling. This is how you make people like you. And she asks if she can pet his puppy. It's Rocket. He tells him to go ahead. Rocket fucking tries to bite her because don't fucking pet sentient beings without their permission. Amen. Just saying. Just fucking rude. Yeah. So anyway, that's adorable. And we start to see the friendship between Mantis and Drax beginning to grow. Meanwhile, Peter and Gamora go on a quick walk out in the woods. (laughs) Are you okay? I'm just thinking of the scene that's coming up. <laughs> okay. About Hasselhoff? Yeah. So, yeah. So they're talking. Peter's like, I don't believe this ego situation. And Gamora's like, well, it's like that story that you told me about, about Zardo, what, Zardu Hasselfrau. He owned, a, <laughs> he owned a magic boat. I'm like, what? <laughs> Even Peter takes a second. He's like, hold on. David Hasselhoff. He had a talking car. <laughs> <laughs> And it really is very sweet and very sad because Peter grew up without a dad, right? Yeah. Uh, with his mom telling him all the time that his dad was, you know, off and away and amazing and everything. So Peter cut a picture of David Hasselhoff out of a magazine and kept that in his pocket and told the other kids that that was his dad. Because he would look around, you know, the neighborhood and he would see other kids playing catch and stuff with their dads and he just wanted that. And Gamora's like, and I want that for you. And what if he is for real? What if he is your David Hasselhoff? And I have to say, I have to be honest, um, as I'm not a Chris Pratt fan, but mm-hmm. this was the moment where I really started to like Star-Lord. Like, a lot. I mean, yeah, he's vulnerable. He yeah. got me. Yeah. <sighs> Sad little boy with a picture of David Hasselhoff in his pocket. Because yeah. look, you I got don't, me. I don't even know who the fuck my dad is, so I can kind of relate to this experience, right. you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I it hit me hard, and I was like, you know what, I fucking like this character now. Yeah, yeah, he does some likable shit, and also some really unlikable douchey. Very unlike, very unlikable shit. Yeah, but you know what? We're complicated people. But what I love about the spe- speaking of complicated people, it was so sweet because Gamora, who, by the way, is the deadliest assassin in the galaxy. Absolutely. She's like, what if he's your David Hasselhoff? <laughs> she gave him a chance. She gave him a chance for that. And then she takes his hands, looks deep into his eyes and says, if he ends up being evil, we'll just kill him. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Thank you, Gamora. That's so sweet. And then she like lets go of his hands and backs up real quick because we're not in a relationship, obviously. So then we cut to Nebula, furious that she's being left behind with the fox. <laughs> He's not a fox. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're taking Ego up on his offer. They're going to go uh, visit him on his home planet. Rocket is going to stay behind on Bearheart and fix the ship. Yeah. Do you notice the and thing he uses with the, he has? It's like a hose, but it's auto fixing the ship. Yeah. That's weird. That's really cool. It's cool and weird. And I want one. Yeah. Yeah. Like what what else can it fix? Can it fix everything? Can it fix can it fix my depression? Right. Spray me. <laughs> can, it, 
<laughs> Can we patch up my anxiety, please? <laughs> Is it that kind of fixing? No? No. Will it change the oil in my car? How yeah. about that? I, I, I fix your car. If your car is broken, a little closer, it's right. a little yeah. closer to its wheels. Yeah. Anyway, um, Baby Groot is very sad. Oh, it broke my heart when he said that when they he are by. Yeah, I know. And Rocket, here's again, Rocket doesn't know how to verbally express friendship. Right. So when they're leaving, and Rocket is clearly moping and fixing the ship, uh, and he tells Peter Quill, "Hope Daddy isn't as big of a dick as you, orphan boy." Damn. What he's saying is. I hope your dad turns out to be good and he turns out to be nice and he's and he's your dad. Like he actually is hoping for good things and he's trying to say, I hope this works out for you, but he's rocket. So it comes out, I hope your dad is that, that you know, you're a fucking dick and you're an orphan. Yeah. Like he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to say it. And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean he doesn't need to learn how to express himself better. He does, and that's what therapy is for. Right. But he's trying. He just doesn't know how. Yeah, and like you know? I said earlier, I think him trying to play the music, it was his way yeah. of trying to get Peter exactly. to be like, look, I like you. I'm a friend of yours. I'm just going to be a dick too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like friendship friendship with Rocket is complicated. And Peter actually turns to him, and this was where I, I really started to like the computer quill as much as I can. What is your goal here? To get everybody to hate you? Because it's working. Yeah. And like, yeah. And now if you could just refer Rocket to a therapist, somebody who specializes in cybernetically enhanced beings, because did you notice that the ones that are being left behind are Nebula and Rocket, and they are basically the same person? Basically, yeah. Uh, But I did find Nebula's facial expression to be interesting. She looked a little concerned and sad almost that they were leaving her with Rocket. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't want to be left behind. She wants to be with Gamora, but she doesn't know how to express that. Right. All she can express it as is hate. That's all she's got is an entire lifetime of of hate baggage. Thanks, Thanos. <laughs> man, can, man, can a bad dad fuck you up? Oh, huh? oh, uh, a girl. Oh, wow. Girl. Oh, mm. wow. So, yeah. Uh, but if you look at Nebula and Rocket, they're super emotionally stunted, uh, mm-hmm. bad communicators, extremely complicated emotionally, and cybernetic. Yep. Like... I never, you know, I never thought about that connection before, but you're right. Yeah. They're basically the same person. Wow. And I love that. My mind is blown. I need them to be best friends. They're not going to be right now, though. This not is, right now. This is how this is going to go. Uh-uh. We do get... A, what I think should be a patented James Gunn slow-mo hero walkaway. Yep. Set to The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Kind of one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh my god. A-plus music selection for this moment. Right. Just out of nowhere. Like, sure. Let's yeah. use it. And I'm kind of, uh, kids, if you haven't heard... The album Rumors by Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. You definitely mm. need to listen to it. It's one of the best albums of all time. The Chain was a song that they wrote because if you want to talk about a band that had a shit ton of drama, oh wow, like a shit ton. Fleetwood Mac was that that band. The Chain is a song about them essentially on the verge of breaking up multiple times, which, which is, is what's why happening. It's- Right now, with the Guardians. Exactly, exactly. That's why that song is playing right now. It is sexy, and and it's got a good rhythm for slow-mo walking away to, but it's also about a breakup. Yeah. It's about an impending breakup, and that's what that's what they're saying here with the splitting the party here, is risking a breakup of the Guardians of the Galaxy. 
the party should never split. But in this case, Don't that's what happened. Don't split the party. Yep. But all right. So we are now on Ego's egg ship. <laughs> and it looks eggy on the inside, too. It looks weird on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter uh, pulls the picture of David Hasselhoff out of his pocket. He still has it. Oh, my God, Peter. Dude. Also, Breaking my heart. Right. Also, dude keeps everything. Yeah. That's kind of gross. Because well, he only has he only has a few things it's true. from Earth. It's true. He's he's still got his fucking Walkman. Also, so he is walking around with the Walkman and we do see him use it a few times. Fun fact about that Walkman. The prop master could not find intact versions of a lot of the eighties technology they needed, like tape decks and stuff. Oh, I bet. Um uh, they could they definitely couldn't find intact eighties Walkman headphones. And and like the Walkman itself, nothing. They had to build that shit from scratch. I believe it. So everything you see in here was manufactured for the movie. And actually, today it's a little bit easier now because there is a, I didn't even know about this until recently, there is a growing like tape collector movement. No way. Just like vinyl records, uh, there are tape collectors and there are now kits you can buy where you can build your own Walkman. Huh. So... Fun fact. I just I just took an entire fucking box of my old cassette tape collection to fucking Goodwill. So uh, I hope somebody who's a collector finds it. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Uh, we do see Mantis, like, helping Ego go sleepy times. Yeah. So why is Ego so sleepy? Who's flying the ship? The egg. Uh-huh. What? Well... It's an egg. I mean, it's a flying egg, first of all. Well, it's an egg. Were you about to say, well, it's an egg? Like that was going to explain it? I mean, I don't know. I think that does explain it. Why is there a, fl- a flying egg in the first place? And of course it can fly itself. Why not? You know what? There's a talking raccoon. Yeah, there's a talking raccoon. We're going to fast and furious this bullshit. Yeah. Just fucking let it go. Uh, so Drax and Peter are sitting down and they're like, hey, Mantis, we have a bet going. <laughs> about your antennae. Oh my god. And what they are for. And Drax is like, I think that they are to let you sense when you are walking through a doorway that is too low. <laughs> and Peter's like, if it is for anything but that, I win the bet. Because <laughs> it's really dumb. And Mantis is like, no, I actually don't really know what they're for, but I think they have something to do with my empathic abilities. She can sense people's feelings. Hmm. Hmm. She tries it out on Peter, and she senses love. love. Romantic, sexual love. <laughs> for Gamora. And Gamora's right there, and we're like, <gasps> and Drax fucking, fucking Drax. laughs his ass <laughs> <laughs> damn it. She just told your deepest, darkest secret. Oh. <laughs> God damn it, Drax. <laughs> and he's like, do me, do me, do me. And she puts her hand on him and she starts laughing and they're they're all laughing and pointing at Peter and stuff. And she's still giggling. She walks up to Gamora. She's about to reach out and touch her. Gamora grabs her wrist and says, no. No, if you touch me, you're going to get a broken jaw. Yeah. Oh, Okay. That's how that's going to go. Yeah, but we also find out that Mantis can not only sense emotions, but alter them. Hmm. Like if somebody, she can like calm emotions or enhance them or help people go to sleep, uh, which is what she usually does for Ego. And Drax is like, ooh, ooh, do me. (laughs) So she puts Drax to sleep. And he passes the fuck out. (laughs) There you go. (sighs) So meanwhile, back on Bearheart. Yeah, uh, uh, 
there is hints during this scene, by the way, that I think, is it Glenn Campbell's Southern Lights? Uh-huh. Yep. Southern Knights. Southern yeah. Knights. Okay, they, they start playing. I misspelled that. That's terrible. Um, and yeah. yeah it, you're fired. Get off the podcast. I know, right? Um, it's nighttime. It sounds like Rocket is working on the ship. There is uh-huh. music playing. He's humming along. And the Ravagers show up. <gasps> like a shit ton of them. Yeah. And we now enter the Home Alone by Rocket Raccoon phase. <laughs> no, you're you're right, but you know what this really is? Okay. You know what this really is? What is it? This entire fucking sequence. <sighs> this is a Rocket Raccoon confused boner counter. God damn it. Tell me I'm wrong. <sighs> It's also competency boner. It's also bad timing sexiness. Why is he so good at what he is doing? I, Why I, can't he be person shaped so I can not feel weird about thinking this is all really hot? Look, we To be clear, I don't want to fuck a raccoon. To be clear. I don't want to fuck a raccoon either, except if it's Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> no. Yes, I don't there. fuck raccoons on this show. Absolutely not. Rocket Raccoon is a sentient nope. being. He can, can he can give consent. If well, he, and he's he's pixels as well. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Congratulations. Go for that. I wish you luck. Uh, I'm still not fucking the raccoon. Oh, I'm getting parasites in that situation. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Uh, yeah, so the Ravagers... Unfor- uh, <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Yeah, so the Ravagers show up and they're thinking they're going get to the, get the... Surprise on Rocket. Rocket has all the traps set up. Uh-huh. Now, the he's first, ready. He's ready. Uh, there is a needle trap, which, by the way, I was reminded today because I got my ve- got my booster, my COVID booster. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate needles. I hate it when they yeah. stick in me. I hate it when I see them in movies. And this was like, ooh! Yeah. At least you only away. saw them for a second before they flew through the air and slammed into a bunch of Ravagers and knocked them out. Yeah, the guy that got hit in the face didn't need to see that. Yeah, that's like my worst fear. <laughs> it's so good. So he's got you know the the sound of him singing along with the music. That's just a comm link that he set up in in there with Baby Groot and Nebula. Absolutely. He he's not in there. He's out in the woods being a goddamn horror movie monster for these Ravagers. Pretty much. My favorite is when he sets off like like anti gravity bombs. Yeah, he's got, like I put, three of them. Yeah, anti gravity catapult trap bombs. Oh, you are you know what these are? No, I, that, that was the name I gave them. Okay, good. Uh, so he just keeps grabbing. He like grabs a group of ravagers on each of them and hits the buttons and just like pops them up into the air like popcorn. And you see them <laughs> in the treetops, and it's fucking hilarious. He's terrorizing them, and it's going really well. Everything's coming up rocket until he hears a whistle. Yeah, and that's it for him. That's it because the Yaka arrow comes flying out of the darkness right in front of y- Rocket's face. Yondu's here. Hi, Daddy. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? Meanwhile, back on the ship, uh, in the wreckage, Nebula is convincing Groot to let her go so that she can go help Rocket or Rocket's going to die. And Groot's just a baby and he doesn't want his dad to die. Yeah. So. And so I had I had a question. Why didn't one more person stay behind? Like, uh, why did it just. Who would you have left behind? (sighs) Drax? I don't know. Drax wanted to go. Drax wanted to go, and he took all of his luggage, of all of his belongings, with him on the trip because he didn't want Groot to mess with the stuff while he was gone. I mean, okay. 
I mean, Gamora had to go because she was going to be the voice of reason for Peter. Right. So, Well, Drax had to go so that Mantis would have somebody to confide in, and we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, narratively, I see why they had to go. And also, look at what Rocket did. Yeah. And they assumed nobody knew where they were. Yeah. So, like, there's... And, and also, Rocket... I mean, he's he's a, he's a goddamn menace. They had no reason to assume that Rocket wouldn't be able to handle anything that showed up. They also had no reason to think that an entire fucking Ravager contingent would show up. Fair. That's fair. That it would be fucking Yondu. So, yeah, it's Yondu. He lets Rocket know that the Sovereign have hired them to deliver the Guardians of the fucking Galaxy to her so she can kill them. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And Rocket's like, ugh. All right. Give me your word that you won't hurt Groot, and I will hand over the batteries. He's trying to bribe Yondu off of him. And Yondu, and, oddly, goes for it, or tries to. Well, yeah, because he never planned on actually handing them over to the Sovereign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, lucky for you, my word don't mean squat. Otherwise, I'd actually be handing you over. And now you realize the Ravagers had no idea that he wasn't planning on actually doing this million-dollar job. Yeah. And he says, look, I'm not dumb enough to kill the Guardians of the Galaxy. Otherwise, the whole Nova Corps is going to be after us. And that's legit. I think that's legit. But also we know. But that's not why. <laughs> we also know that Yondu is trying to protect Peter. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? The other Ravagers know it too. And this time fucking Kraglin speaks up. Which is shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Because Kraglin is a, is a Yondu loyalist, but he's like, no, this is too much. And now we've got a mutiny on our hands. The, the guy with the big ugly face from back on Contraxia is like, no, and everybody's yelling. And there's like a really big guy with goggles. We'll get back to him later. And it's going to go bad. Yondu's got the arrow. We're about to tip over into all of the violence in the world. And Rocket's like, you guys look like you need to talk this out. I'll be over there. Oh, wait, not in the crossfire. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. in the middle of everything. We get a tight close-up on Yondu's face. Everything's about to go bad and bloody, and suddenly, boom! His mohawk explodes. No! Yep. He falls over. Surprise, Nebula. She shot his mohawk off the top of his head. Well, hello, boys, she says. <laughs> and she, she does a cool pose, and it's badass, and then she eats the fruit. <laughs> and it's not ripe yet. <laughs> and she spits it out. <laughs> and we have a ding on the double cross. Double cross. Because she also stuns Rocket. Yeah. But is, I mean, is it a double cross? She wasn't exactly on Rocket's team. Well, she double crossed Groot. She did double cross Groot. Yeah. But, or did she? Did she actually, in doing this, indirectly save, save Rocket's life? I don't think she cared. I, I don't know. I think that's a question. Yeah. I think, I think she, I, I don't, her goal, I think, was to get back to Gamora. Yeah, but also I think she didn't want Rocket to die. I think she's she's kind of gotten to know them. Yeah, yeah. And she may be right, like not knowing Yondu's plan, that Yondu wasn't ever going to hand them over uh, for the bounty to be go, go be killed by the Sovereign, not knowing that. This may have been, this intervening here may have been the way. Of course, but no, because she wants to collect on the bounty. No, she wants him dead. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I just I love her I, and but I post post Endgame love her and I'm I need to separate her who she is now from who I know she will be. Yeah, right, you know? right, right, and yeah, I was, and I agree. And Endgame is where Nebula became my favorite, and I love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, so we're from the Double Cross. Now we are uh, pulling up on Ego's planet. Uh. Peter is moodily listening to My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. Y'all, I got to... Steph showed me this music. (laughs) So they did a recent reissue of George Harrison's work. And to celebrate that, uh, his wife, his uh, wife and family members commissioned a music video that had fucking everybody. Dude. Like Mark Hamill, Weird Al, uh, like a lot of people in this one music Mm -hmm. video. And it's beautiful. I definitely recommend watching it. I almost didn't finish my notes today because Stephanie was like, hey, an hour before recording, watch this music video that's going to mesmerize you for 45 minutes. Yeah, just go go to YouTube and look up My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. It'll be one of the videos that pops up. It's so good. So good. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, turns out uh, Ego has his own planet. Sure. Now, the animation, I, I found some, and I don't know if you found any information on what it took to animate and bring Ego's planet to life. This was the largest, like the planet itself, the largest visual effect MCU's ever done. Absolutely. Is just flying over this planet. I, I, I found a featurette where basically they had to build a big-ass uh, warehouse that was just one big blue-green blue screen thing. From yeah. floor to ceiling to walls. It was gigantic. Yeah, and like I get why they had to because it's a whole fucking planet. It's a lot of outdoor landscapes. But I miss the practical set effects, like from the prison in the last movie. Yeah, like, I mean... That's just got a different feel. It does. And you know, the, 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 uh, I'm going to cross over to Dark Side Divas real quick. The Star Wars shows have proven that. Mm-hmm. When, when we, when we go away from the prequel era of nothing but green screen into yeah. actual sets, it just feels more real. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to do Ego's Planet any other way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What other fucking way are you going to do? Like, they're on a floating platform going over this fucking Technicolor Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds dreamscape. Right. It's just, there- it's just too magical. To be practical effects. Exactly. There's a freaking fountain with silver fish flying in and out. I mean, yeah. Yeah. crazy. There are rainbow bubbles that <laughs> are floating through the air. And when Drax pops one, it shatters into a hundred little other rainbow bubbles. And it's just, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. But like, what the fuck? There's no other way they could have done it. Anyway, so we find out, yes, this is Ego's entire own planet. It's his own. Uh, it is no bigger than Earth's moon, like you do. Okay. And uh, Gamora asks him what he is. And he says, I'm what's called a celestial sweetheart. And like, mm. I would pay good money to have Kurt Russell call me sweetheart. Right? Thank you. <laughs> I have my notes. Sweetheart swoon. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's not a lot of grown men in my life that I would allow to call me sweetheart. Absolutely not. Kurt, Kurt Russell could go Kurt, ahead. Kurt Russell qualifies. Yeah, absolutely. That would be fine. If he now so, sweetied you, you would you would go into butter or become yeah, butter. Yeah. yeah, I would be goo. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a celestial. He's a god, but small g. Small g. Small g, yeah, son. Small g. Small g god, like you do. So, yeah, we get we get Ego's backstory. But real quick, before we get too deep into this, as we start, you know, we're, we're sort of basking in the glow of Kurt Russell's effortless charm and charisma right right do you know who was the leading contender to play ego before they landed on kurt russell no who matthew mcconaughey no yes that would have been terrible 
He, look, I love McConaughey for what McConaughey does. Yeah, yeah. But he turned down this role because he accepted a role in that Dark Tower movie with Idris Elba. That movie was bad. Yeah, but you know, I would turn down stuff if I could go be on a set with Idris Elba. Okay, good point. Good point. I'm just saying. Yep. But like, can you imagine, you know, Mr. All right, all right, all right, trying to make this happen? Like, no. No. <laughs> this would, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It really needs to be just the, the fucking weaponized likability of Kurt Russell. Yeah. He's just so fucking great, man. And even if you don't know him, even if you don't have like an entire childhood's worth of love built up for him, like I do, he's just fucking, you can just feel the great guyness coming off of him. And that's why he's the perfect casting for how they're, how ego is kind of, I mean, we'll find out later, manipulating yeah. everything. And I love it. And did you notice? Uh, I didn't. I had to go back and look as they're walking through into like the ego's museum to himself that he's built. Uh, all of the interior design elements on this planet, like upholstery on furniture, the pattern in the floor, all of it looks like brain cells. Yeah, I did. It's got brain cell patterns on it. Yeah, I love that. Great detail. Because that's where we are. Yeah, you're walking yeah. on his body, technically. In his brain. In his brain. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we get Ego's backstory. Tell tell us about Ego, Chris. Yeah, so apparently he was a floating brain out in space. Sure. And <laughs> he, uh, for after, you know, a couple million years or so, he figured out how to manipulate mo- molecules and build a whole entire planet around him. And then he decided he wanted to know what it was like to be like a small person, like maybe like a human or something like that. So he... Because uh, he wanted meaning. He wanted meaning. meaning. He wanted to understand. And so he traveled the universe and... Uh, had different experiences. But then Ego does his whole exposition where he does describe that he made himself a human body where he has functioning organs. <laughs> and Drax asked the... Drax was all of us, at least on this exactly! podcast. Exactly! He asked the first question that popped into my head. Did you make a penis? <laughs> I love that Gamora and Peter are both like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but Ego doesn't mind. He's like, yes, Drax, I got a penis. Ha! Thank you. That's not half bad. Huh. Which, that's <laughs> nice to know. Good to know. Good to know. Well, look, it's a legit question. And Drax is like, oh, I need to know, okay? If he is Peter's father, he didn't do that as a planet, he would smoosh Peter's mother. <laughs> And Drax also says that it was a yearly tradition that his father would sit down and explain how he banged his mom. Impregnated his mother. And it was a beautiful story. And yeah. uh, the, fa- the Gamora and, and Peter's face is uh, sells the whole experience. They were fucking horrified. Well, yeah. Peter's like, that's disgusting. And yeah. Drax is like, Earthers have hangups. And Drax <laughs> and like, is so trite. It's true. Yeah. 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 That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest piece of feedback Steph and I get is y'all talk about sex way too much. And it's like, ugh, we want to normalize sex just like Drax. Yeah. There. How about it's that? just another activity. Yeah. It's super fun and it's fraught with all kinds of pitfalls, but like. So is football. Never, yeah, it's everything. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, so he's got his penis and then what? Um, and so Ego explained that, you know, finally he went to Earth and met Peter's mom. Mm-hmm. And he basically explains that 
he loved her. He legitimately loved her. And I do mm-hmm. believe this. Yeah. And he said that, um, you know, he's been, after she died, you know, he was looking for him. Uh, Yandu didn't deliver him. But when he heard there was a, a boy, an earth, a Terran boy who could handle an infinity stone, he knew that was Peter. I knew you must be the son of the woman I loved. If you loved her, why did you leave her? Oof. And so, and then we stayed with that scene for a while and had, and had more conversation, right? No, no cut we to the Ravager back. ship. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the Ravager ship just in time to see Tommy Flanagan begging for his life. I hate this part. While the while the mutineers put him in an airlock and send him out into space, and we see that they have already murdered an awful lot uh, of their own crew. Yeah, I counted 15 people. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, basically anybody who supported Yondu got spaced. Yeah. And like, damn. And you see Kraglin in the crowd looking, um, a little, a little doubtful. Yeah, you dick. Why did you have to betray Yondu? Ugh. Anyway. He didn't think they'd do this. We'll get into it. Uh, So then the new captain steps forward (laughs) and announces himself. As Taser Face! Taser Face! (laughs) Taser Face! (laughs) And Rocket laughs his ass off. And this is where I really started to notice, like, the the animation on Rocket in the last movie was really good. Yeah. It's so much better in this one. Uh, Infinitely better. And do you know why? Why? Because uh, Bradley Cooper, while he did the lines, while he was recording the lines, they had him wear a mocap face rig no way so they captured the animation of his face while he was saying the lines and that it, uh, enabled them to sync it up better well, they still have for onset they still have sean gunn as the onset rocket right saying the lines and stuff but for the animation purposes of rocket yeah they've got that totally synced up to bradley cooper's facial expressions well it makes sense because in the back behind the scenes episodes bradley cooper is acting out the actual movements of Rocket anyway, so especially oh, yeah. facially, so that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Well, you can't help that. No. Yeah. You know, in, in voice acting, your face is going to do the thing. Yeah, I, that makes sense That's to me. That's how it is. Uh, so, yeah, Rocket laughs his ass off and casts vicious mockery on Taserface. Right? Uh, he's like, Taserface? What the hell does that name supposed to mean? And Taserface <laughs> goes, it's metaphorical! Yeah! <laughs> I love that scene so much. It's so great. Uh, it's it just... To the point, Rocket gets Taserface to the point where Taserface wants to fucking kill him just right now. And then Nebula speaks up. Thank God. And she's like, no, 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 no. He's worth an awful fucking lot of money, and I want 10% of that. So, yeah, uh, scratch every idea I had that she might have had. Yeah. Kind of altruistic. <laughs> she actually just wants the money. Um, so, Taserface... <laughs> Taser. Okay, before we move on. Taserface. Would you like to know who is Please. playing Taserface? <laughs> fucking Taserface. Taserface is the most James Gunn name I've ever heard. Absolutely. I don't know if he's an actual comic character you know, or if James Gunn came I up forgot with it. to look it up, so I'm going to do that real quick while you are doing your thing. Okay. Taserface is played by Chris Sullivan. God damn it. Uh, Chris Sullivan is a, uh, he does a lot of TV, like a lot of TV. Um, did you see the first season of Stranger Things? Yeah. You remember when uh, Little Eleven goes into the burger diner and there's the fucking sexy guy, Benny, yeah. running the burger diner? That's, that's Chris Sullivan. Really? That's Taserface. Uh, he was also on This Is Us as the character Toby Damon. And yes, for the first three seasons, he wore a fat suit. And yes, that was terrible. Wow. 
Yeah. So, yeah, that's Chris Sullivan. That's a good-looking man under all that taser face. Oh, my God, Steph. Okay, so the comic book version. Uh Uh-huh. He made his appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy number one, June 1990. And he's his name, Taserface? His name's fucking Taserface. He looks just as ridiculous (laughs) in the comic version. Uh, Taserface possesses some degree of invulnerability due to being a cyborg. He also has a vast array of weapons at his disposal, including, including repulsor rays, sensors, and tasers. James Gunn grabbed this actual comic book villain from yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy nice. comic book and made fun of his name. <laughs> I love that. It's a stupid name. We're not wrong here. Taserface is a bad name. Anyway, uh, so Nebula has demanded her 10% payout from the bounty for Rocket. Uh, and so, but she has some other things that she wants as well. And it turns out the things that she wants the most is a ship. Yeah. So Kraglin is taking her to a ship, and somehow he knows the location of Ego's planet and has that entered into the nav. Well, because they were going to drop him off. Oh, that's right. They do know it. Yeah. They know exactly From way where back go. when they grabbed fucking Peter. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Kraglin, just to make small talk, <laughs> asks her, so what are you going to do with your share of the money? And Nebula has never made small talk a day in her life. Nope. Nope. She gets, she delivers a very intense monologue about how uh, Thanos would make her and Gamora fight all the time. And if she ever lost to, to Gamora, then he would replace another part of her with machinery, machinery so that she could become Gamora's equal. And Gamora knew this and Gamora never, ever relented and always kept winning all of their fights. And so now Nebula says, So after I murder my sister... I will buy a warship with every conceivable instrument of death. I will hunt my father like a dog and I will tear him apart slowly, piece by piece, until he knows some semblance of the profound and unceasing pain I know every single day. Uh-huh. And Craglin's like, yeah, I thought like a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> or like maybe a hat. Something to make the other girls go, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sean Gunn so much. Anyway, Nebula leaves. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, back on Ego. Where are we? Uh, back on Ego. Peter did- and his dad are oh, right. standing before a lovely statue of Meredith. Erected clearly in Meredith's honor. Um, but I noticed it's sort of made out of the same material as everything else on this planet. Yeah. Ego probably made that like five minutes before they got there. Just saying. I'm thinking that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Peter tells him that his mom told everyone that his father came from the stars. And everybody just assumed that because she had brain cancer, she was being delusional. Aww. And now we're going to have the why did you leave my mom confrontation. Yeah. And it's been a long time coming. Yeah, so why did you leave my mom? Ego explains that he actually has to return to this planet to basically recharge. Um, He is connected to this planet. There is a light from within this planet. Mm -hmm. And he can't be away from it for that long. So he had to leave. And then Peter's like, why didn't you come back? Yeah, why did you send Yondu? Why did you send a fucking criminal to pick me up? Yeah, and Ego said that he, he cannot go back to Earth after... Uh, uh, he cannot go back to the earth without her in it. It would be far too painful for him. And Peter and he says, he tells Peter, you have no idea what that's like. Oof. What? Peter knows exactly what that's like. He knows that better than you do. Actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, he says, I know, I know exactly what that's like. I had to watch her die. Yeah. And by the, yeah. and by the way, guess who had, also has not been to Earth since, since, uh, since yeah. then, even though he could have gone back. Exactly. Like Father Nobody Lickson. can, neither of these boys can stand to set foot on that planet with her not on it. Yep. And ego, like this, visibly wounds him. Like he's just, he hurts for his son. And ego tells him, over the millions and millions of years of my existence, I have made many mistakes. You are not one of them. Please give me the chance to be the father she would want me to be. What? I just... Oh, right, Kurt Russell. <laughs> God damn it! Again, the fucking stupid movie with the giant squishy Drax turd. Right, right. Line, okay, with the fucking Harbulary batteries. <laughs> okay, this fucking stupid movie is making me cry right now. Yeah. What? Ugh. Fucking James Gunn. Fucking James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they get past that point, and then. Ego is trying to explain to Peter that he is just as connected to the planet as he is. Yeah. And apparently the light can impact him too. And Peter's like, well, what do you mean? And Ego decides to show him, a la Jedi training. Right, that, like guided meditation time. <laughs> right. That uh, Peter can uh, connect himself to the planet and uh, pull energy from it. And Peter can make his hands glow. <gasps> Yeah, and did you see the look on Ego's face when he made his hands glow up? Excited, legitimately, he was like so fucking excited, right? Like uh, too excited, like too excited. Yeah, uh, something's mm. not right. But Peter makes like a crazy lightning in between his hands, and and so Ego's like, hey, hey, okay, um, you know, like push it together, and he makes a ball, and they play catch. What? With the ball of light, Peter finally gets to play catch with his dad. Aww. Go fuck yourself, movie. Yeah. Go go fuck yourself right in the eye. I don't need this. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I, I used to play catch with my dad. All the time. My dad's still alive and well and wonderful. But we don't play catch because he's in another city. Right. I'm going to go play catch with my dad. Right now, I'm leaving. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. No, they do. They get to play catch with the light ball, and it's very sweet. Yeah, it so is actually cut... very sweet. It really is. They're so. Ugh. Anyway, we cut to Mantis and Drax. They are sitting in this gorgeous sunset, gazing over these like little pools of water. Yeah. That that are just beautiful. It's all fucking amazing. Uh. We find out that uh, Mantis doesn't really know where she's from because Ego found her when she was a larva and, and raised her like a pet. Yeah. And Drax is like, that's weird because usually people like a cute pet, not something hideous like you. Fucking Drax. <laughs> like, what? And Mantis is like, wait, I'm hideous? Wait, hold on. And Drax is like, no, 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 that's okay. And he says possibly the most poignant series line in the entire uh in the entire movie like this one stitch the shit on a pillow he says when you're ugly and someone loves you then you know that they love you for who you are beautiful people never know who to trust wow yeah and mantis is like well then I am certainly grateful to be ugly. <laughs> to be clear, she's not ugly. No, she's beautiful. Mantis, Mantis is fucking beautiful. Yeah. Speaking of Mantis is fucking beautiful. Would you like to know who plays Mantis? Absolutely. I've been waiting to do this. That is Palm Clementif. Wait, what? 
You know who would like to talk about Palm Clementif right now is Boomer. I'll oh my gosh. Fucking Boomer. Hi. Are you very interested in Palm Clementif? I bet you're not. I bet you're a bitch. Okay, so Palm Clementif. Uh, she's a French actress, so the majority of her resume is a bunch of stuff in French. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and ugly American that. I'm not going to try and read that. <clears throat> <laughs> she's been in a bunch of other stuff besides this. Uh, she was in Westworld in season three. Uh, she was in Uncut Jams. Uh, she was in Old Boy with a bunch of MCU alums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Brolin, Samuel L. Jackson, Elizabeth Olsen. And she will be in... Not one, but two upcoming Mission Impossible movies. Awesome. Yeah, so she's doing well for herself. She's fucking beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Even when she's not Mantis. <laughs> um, the comic book version is actually, power-wise, fairly identical. Though her, the oh, really? original incarnation of her doesn't have her as an alien. More like a human with weird, fleshy tentacles coming out. That version of Mantis is ugly. You'll have to okay. y'all have to look it up yourselves. It's kind of weird looking. Uh, she made her debut in The Avengers number one one two in June nineteen seventy three. She's a really old character. Nice. And yeah, that's basically all I have. Oh, um, a comics buyer guide have her in the top one hundred list of sexiest uh, women in comics. She was number ninety nine. Apparently, I don't know why Marvel <laughs> Wikipedia, Marvelpedia, whatever it's called, had to call that out. But Who's number 100? I, is it Agatha Harkness? It better not be. Agatha should uh, be number comics one. Comics Agatha Harkness is very is quite elderly. She's still hot. In my okay, op- but you know comic book characters are not ranked in any kind of sensible no, hotness. No, I'm looking. I'm seeing if I can find it really quick. I think that's a good use of our time now over two hours into this podcast. Yeah, I, can, I'll, I can't find it. I'm sorry. Okay, so... Uh, Mantis, like, the scene is actually really sweet, um, because Drax lets Mantis know that, uh, you know, this scene with these pools of water and everything, and Mantis herself, it all reminds Drax of his daughter. Aww. Who, reminder from last movie, just like his wife, was killed by Ronan the Accuser. Yep. Drax's family is dead. Um, and the story is really, really sad. Mantis sees the pain on Drax's face and decides to touch him. Yep. And she feels his pain. And so she starts crying. Yeah. And in this emotionally charged moment, she suddenly turns to Drax and she says, Drax, I need to tell you something. And of course, right then, Gamora walks out. God damn it, Gamora. It's like, God. Uh, but Gamora immediately sort of takes a look at the scene and sees what's going on. She's like, uh-huh. Hey, Mantis, will you take us to our rooms? Yeah. Hey, Mantis, on our way there, I have questions. Mm-hmm. Like, why are there no other beings on this planet? Mm-hmm. And Mantis says, The planet is ego. A dog would not invite a flea to live on his back. Yep. And Gamora's like, So are you not a flea? And Mantis says, I'm a flea with a purpose. Mmm. Huh. Huh. Gamora asks her, Hey, what were you about to tell Drax before I walked out? And she's like, Ah, uh, nothing. Nothing. Anyway, I don't know what you're talking on. about. Mm-mm. We're going this way. <laughs> Gamora is super suspicious now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank God. Absolutely. Will Thank you God. please get suspicious? Jesus Christ. <sighs> Meanwhile, back on the Ravager ship. 
Uh, Yondu and Rocket are thrown into a cell where uh-huh. Taserface will inform will inform them that he's going to deliver them to the Cree. Okay, to the Cree. Yeah, yeah. And they've got Baby Groot in a little cage. Hate it. And there's a, a really tall dude with uh, big goggles who's like, "Hey, can I smash him with a rock?" And Taserface says, no, Jeff. His name is Jeff. Yeah, of course. No, Jeff. It's too adorable to kill. Take it to the tailor. All right, so let me tell you about Jeff. (laughs) Uh, What about Jeff? This whole sequence is actually really important, uh, seeing how they horrendously they treat little baby Groot, because you need the audience to absolutely hate these guys. Oh, it fucking worked. It fucking worked. Oh, my God. So, Jeff is the big guy with the goggles. Yeah. Uh, he is played by Steve Agee. Steve Agee's a comedian. He's done a lot of TV. Uh, in New Girl, he is Outside Dave. Right. In Adventure Time, he's various characters, mainly the ancient psychic tandem war elephant. And <laughs> the Suicide Squad, he's the onset stand-in for King Shark. Oh, okay. Yeah. And on Peacemaker, he's John Economos. Yep. Get off me. God, hold on. I've got a cat who wants off my lap but can't get her fucking claws out of my pants. Ow. Ma'am. And now it's my fault. And how dare you? Do you see this face? She's mad. Will you stop? Aww. Leave me alone. She's going to sit back there and judge me now. Yeah, I can see it from here. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. You can wow. feel it through the camera. Yeah, yeah. Like that. those eyes were like, fuck you. How dare you? She's Even though that's what I wanted anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, if you've seen Peacemaker, he is John Economos. He's fucking hilarious. I love Steve Agee. Yeah. Fucking great. Uh, but he's Jeff and we hate Jeff. We hate Jeff. Uh, we fucking hate Jeff so much. Um, there is another guy. I've seen him a few times uh, and we will really hate him in a minute. Uh, he is one of the Ravagers named Wretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little one. Uh, he's the one of the one of Groot's chief tormentors. Yeah. Uh, He's played by uh, an actor by the name of Evan Jones. He's a that guy, character actor. He's in everything. I know him best as Cheddar Bob from 8 Mile. I haven't seen that movie in a very, very long time. The the idiot friend who shoots himself in the leg at one point. Oh. Yeah, Cheddar Bob. Yeah. 8 Mile. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so then what happens? They take, they're taking Groot off to the tailor and what else? Yeah, so uh, Groot's to blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so Yondu uh, explains to Rocket that he was a Kree battle slave for 20 years. Yeah. And the Ravagers took him in, but he was too young, too greedy, and too stupid. And mm-hmm. Sakaar was like family, but he broke the code. He fucked up. Yep. And then um, Rocket is like, uh-huh, nice story. Um, why were you going to take Quill to Ego? What's up with that? Uh, or why didn't you? And Yondu's right. like, uh, Yondu actually gives the exact same explanation that Peter says earlier in the movie. He was mm-hmm. small enough to re- you know, do reach around pipes and do other jobs that we couldn't because we're too big. Yeah, he said he was skinny. He was good for thieving. Yeah. And Rocket, yeah. Rocket's like, uh-huh, that's bullshit. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. Because Rocket speaks Yondu. Yondu has the same problem Rocket has, which is a total inability to effectively verbally communicate his actual feelings. And then I, and then af- shortly after that, the the worst scene in this movie. Oh, I, we're not leaving this scene just yet. Oh, 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 oh. So Yondu asks where Quill is now. 
because he was expecting to see him at the crash. Right. Back on Bearheart. And Rocket says he went off with his old man. And, and Yondu goes, ego? Yeah. Now, up to this point, Yondu's been like, I deserve this. This is a fate I brought on myself. I broke the code. This is all my own fault. Blah, blah, blah. As soon as he finds out that Peter is with Ego, everything changes. His posture changes. He sits up and he smiles. And Rocket's like, oh, you're smiling. I got a warm feeling for a second until I saw those ugly ass teeth of yours. (laughs) And Yondu's like, so you're a professional asshole then? Yeah. And Rocket's like, yeah, pretty much a pro. And that's important because this all of everything changes as soon as Yondu finds out that Peter is with Ego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now Yondu's like, okay, well, we need to get the fuck out of here. I have a plan, but we're gonna need your little friend to help us. Yeah. And then we see the worst scene. In- and then we get the worst fucking scene. I was so I was offended to my core. Me too. When I saw this scene in the theater. I hated it. I hated uh so Groot is dressed in his little mini Ravager suit, which that actually is kinda cute. It's adorable. But yeah. the the Ravagers are screaming at him, kicking him, spilling shit on him, and I hate yeah. all of it. I hate all of it. It's so fucking terrible. And Wretch in particular, the one played by Evan Jones, Cheddar yeah. Bob, uh, is the one who's like kicking him and stomping on him and stuff. It. He's the worst offender. They're all terrible, but he's the worst. Uh so then we cut to poor sad baby Groot like trudging down the hallway by himself and he walks past the cell and rocket looks so sad because that's his baby boy i know i know i know and just oh so yondu's like okay (laughs) i need you to go to the captain's quarters and look in a drawer you will see a prototype fin it's red you get that and you bring it to me (laughs) And Rocket and looks Groot. super concerned. Yeah, and Baby Groot's like, <laughs> nods and runs off, and Rocket's like, cringe. Okay. Yeah. And then we see that all the Ravagers apparently sleep in one room together. Sure. Sure, Jan. Some of them some of them are spooning. I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming they partied super hard and got super drunk, and they just kind of collapsed in the room they were in. One of them is sucking his thumb? I mean, I, 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 we're going to move on. We're going to move on. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> anyway, so Groot, with very clear instructions from Yondu, he goes into this room, he sneaks in, he sees the drawer. Ha ha! He shows back up at the cell with what, Chris? Uh, Yondu's undies. And That's underwear. Yondu yeah. needs to learn how to use bleach. Yeah, well, he's a bachelor. Come on. Now. I know, I know. Anyway. Anyway. So he's like, yeah, that's my underwear. He turns to look at Rocket and Rocket's like, yeah, I was pretty sure he didn't know what you were talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. So then we go through a sequence of them trying desperately to explain to Groot what needs to be obtained. Groot comes back with a lizard rat. Yep. Turns out those are actually called Orlonis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes back with a prosthetic eye. Rocket wants the it's- eye. It's the same prosthetic eye that he wanted in the last movie. Right, right. He really wants the eye. (laughs) Rocket's like, no, 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 leave it. Leave it. Uh, He comes back with a whole desk. Like an entire piece of furniture desk. And now we know Groot's strong enough to haul a desk, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Uh, A severed toe. And we move on. And and so does Rocket and Yondu. (laughs) 
yeah. we shall never speak of this again. <laughs> anyway, um, finally Yondu's like, okay, like he, he realizes he needs to explain this better. He takes the Ravager symbol of the flames off of his jacket, hands it to Groot. He's like, this symbol will be on the drawer. Find that. And Groot takes the symbol and he just looks so sad and he starts to put it on top of his head. Yeah. And then he says, <laughs> I am Groot. I am yeah. Groot. And, and Rocket's like, he thinks that you mean for him to wear it as a hat. And Groot hates hats because it, it's confusing because you think somebody has a funny shaped head and then suddenly they take it off and you find out it was just a hat. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now? Uh. And Yondu, Yondu is also like, okay, okay, you know what? We're moving on. Yeah. He's like, take this. No, no, it's not a hat. Take the symbol. You find the drawer with this symbol on it. It's got the fin on it. Okay. Okay, fine. So Groot goes into the captain's quarters and there's the bed that's got taser face on it. And next to it is a drawer that's got the Ravager symbol. Finally, we have the right drawer. He pulls the drawer open. There is obviously the fin looking infinitely more badass than the last one he uh-huh. had on. And next to it is a colorful tin of candy. So which one does Groot grab? The colorful tin of candy. Thank yep. God somebody else is there <laughs> getting the goddamn thin. God. Damn. Yeah, because Craglin is there. And he's like, no, that's that's not it. Yeah. And Craglin brings the fin. And, and uh, Groot. And Groot. And he shows yeah. up and he's like, I didn't mean for... I didn't mean for any of our friends to get killed. They were, you know, and I'm sorry. And I'll get you out of here. And here's the fin. And yeah. Yondu tells him, uh, I forgot to write it down. Oh, get get the third quadrant ready for release. The third quadrant? Release? Release? Like, what are we planning? I thought we were escaping. What are we releasing? Right. I'd like some clarification. Uh, yeah, I would, let's yeah. talk about release. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, get the third quadrant ready. And then Rocket's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you guys have any copies of Quill's old music? And they do, yeah. apparently. The, apparently. Because then we cut to a scene where we see a Ravager shaving in a mirror, and he hears the opening strains of Come a Little Bit Closer by Jay and the Americans. Come a little bit closer. Da, 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 You're da, 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 my kind of man. So big and so strong. I love this scene. Mm. So much. Bad timing sexiness. Ding, 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 ding. All all over, all over. All over this. Uh, Yeah, so we see Yondu with the new fin, which, ho, 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 ho. Oh, heaven help me. That's a good look, sir. And and this this Yondu matches the look of the comic book Yondu now, because the comic book Yondu has a big-ass mohawk. Yeah. Nice. And that's hot. Excuse me. And they, they start on what I have in my notes as a montage of murder. (laughs) <laughs> I have a sexy slow uh sexy slow mo murder walk escape scene. Exactly. But oh in either God. case, Yandu's uh Yandu whistles his way and kills everyone, or virtually everyone. Yeah. Um pretty much. The only person he doesn't straight up fucking murder is Wretch, and that's because Groot kills him. Right. And then uh and uh Rocket does uh they so they, they wander through uh <laughs> through the ship to the command center. It's just raining bodies. It's just raining bodies. Out of all the rafters, everybody's dying. It's a really cool sequence. I love it. Like watching the arrow go, they do it slow-mo so that you can see the arrow flying through and murdering everyone. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, and then uh, uh, <laughs> Rocket figures out, oh, I can fire through the walls. What a great idea. 
And because he because in the command center, there's all these screens where they can see every corridor in the ship. So he right. knows where to aim and he just enjoys himself, too. And so him and Yondu tag team murder everyone. And then Yondu uh, blows up the engine system. and the Because whole... he sees Taserface by the engines. Yeah. So he kills Taserface by blowing up the engine. Right. And apparently if you do an extra special little whistle, you set the arrow on fire. I love that. I love it. I love it. Why not level up? Um, and apparently the third quadrant that is going to get released is a part of the ship that can become its own ship. So it's sure. uh, Star Trek Next Generation realness. <laughs> <laughs> it's the saucer section. The saucer section. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, um, uh, the they get into the third quadrant ship and start to release and taser face. <laughs> <laughs> taser face ablaze. Ablaze. Sort of. Pats out the fire, yeah. and he gets he gets on a calm, and he calls the sovereign. Yeah, and a gold faced lady pops up in the screen, and he's like, "I'm gonna give you the coordinates of where you can find the people that you were looking for." And Yondu, uh, and he says, "I only ask one thing: <laughs> that your high priestess tell him the name of the man what sealed his fate." Taser, Taser face. <laughs> And the girl fucking laughs in his face. Well, he and he looks so disappointed. While he's dying well, on yeah, fire, and he explodes. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's all. He's, they're all dead. All right. So now we have Craglin, Yondu, Groot, and Rocket in a quadrant of the ship, the third one, apparently. Yeah. Uh, they're all getting set and ready to go. And Craglin's like, "All right, where are we going?" And Rocket's like, "We're going to Ego." Boop boop boop. And Yondu's like, "No." And he says, It ain't healthy for a mammalian body to hop more than 50 jumps at a time. I know that. We're about to do 700. (laughs) 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 And there's no stopping it now. The jumps are already laid in. Boom, they start taking off. And what a fucking acid trip. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, How far. How much, um, this is it. This is where we're cutting. Okay, it off. and yeah, and we'll stop right there because we get a bunch. Well, of... we get we get to, we see like their faces go all wobbledy and they're screaming and like that. eyes are bugging out and their faces all stretching out and they're jumping and jumping and jumping and cut there. Yep, and we will pick up from there <laughs> next time. So it's good that Ooh. it's good that we're uh, doing this movie in half, right? Because we, yeah, you know, we spent a lot less time fucking... talking on our podcast, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, do you have anything else? I'm scrolling back through my notes now to see if there's anything we've missed for the first half of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume. You know, 2. I'm sure I have, but you know, the benefit of being still being able to talk about this movie next episode is that I can bring it up next time. Ah, that's true. That's true. We can do that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything vital for this episode. And there's not. I'm spent. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm looking forward to talking about the the second half of this. Movie. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, it's so fucking good. I love it. Love it. It's one okay. of my favorite scenes in any MCU movie. But we'll talk about that next time, y'all. Next time. Next time. <laughs> next, next time. time. Okay. Do we have anything else for the first half of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Nope. Right? Nope. Cool. Next time we will finish out the rest of the movie, and I guess that means we can outro now. Yeah. Hey, cool. Okay. Um, um, oh, that's me. All right. Uh, 
I'm so tired. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We super appreciate that. Uh, if you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We are on all of the social medias. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at Marvelous underscore Divas. You can also subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcast platform of choice. Apple, Spotify, one of the other ones I don't even pay attention to. Any of those. Yeah. Also, you can leave us a review. We'll read that stuff on the air. Uh, we also have a swag store, uh, redbubble.com forward slash official divas. You can buy a lot of our logos and funny shit mm-hmm. that we say on your on a t-shirt, a mug, a mask, etc. We have a YouTube channel where we do video versions of our show under the Dark Side Divas brand. Just do a search for Dark Side Divas and subscribe to that show. We do mm-hmm. talk about Marvel stuff on that channel. And last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast. We do special events, video versions of our podcasts, and also, we're going to watch Howard the Fucking Duck on October 11th. And I'm, <laughs> to, celebrate to celebrate having uh, having over 100 patrons. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be fucking great. The things I do for love. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. Um, so is that it? That's Are it. That's it. Okay. Right. Uh <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Well, that's my question for you. If you could dress up like an 80s character for your OnlyFans, what would it be? Would it be Shira? Okay. A, to clarify, I do not have an OnlyFans. Yet. <clears throat> and uh, no, it would be Chitara. <laughs> Chitara. <laughs> I, I would be Chitara. <laughs> Chitara all day. I was so like, look, I should have known from a very early age that I was not the hetero child that society was forcing me to be. Right. Because in watching, you know, I, I was raised on the Thundercats and watching the Thundercats, Chitara was my favorite, but not for why you think. Like, <laughs> it was always, it was always Chitara and Panthro, excuse me, Chitara and Panthro for mm, me. Panthro. Yeah, just wiggle right in the middle there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a good time. Wait, weren't they, weren't they father and daughter? I don't think so. Wait, What? We'll have to look Did that you up just later. yuck my in my like forty years worth of yum here? I don't know. Well, I mean, they're different types God, of thunder cats. We need to stop Google stop shit. the show and look the shit up right now. <laughs> Is Chitara the daughter of Panthro? I may have just ruined Stephanie's life, y'all. I hate you. No, no, no. Okay, we're good. We're good. No, no. We're good. Fuck away. Uh, yeah, parents, pa- parent, parentage unknown, unknown. But thank God, we're yeah, good. We're, uh, we're in the clear. We're in the clear. Yeah, fucking love Chitara. Lionel could go fucking kick rocks. Don't give a shit about him. See, I think I would. Hero the show I, I, I think I would be Megatron. <laughs> For your only, it's like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like how that, how that only fans is it up like. 
You'd be Megatron, but like with a with like a removable panel in yeah. certain areas. Yeah, and transform into a dildo. Nice. And I would make the sound effects. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 